All right, folks, welcome back to Hot Takes Only. This is episode 22, I believe, I think. Uh, we are back. We're talking sports. Willie, good to have you, as always, back on the yeah. pod. Talking, talking shop, talking sports, all that fun stuff. Yeah, talking shop. Live streaming this on Twitch, so if you are live with us, welcome, good to have you. Be sure to chime mm-hmm. in in the comments. As we go along topics, we've got a really good show for you tonight, uh, potentially waiting on whether or not we're going to have a guest join us this evening to talk uh, specifically about the city of Atlanta, potentially. But if, if he's unable to join, I can still hold that part down. I mean, you, Willie, you and I know as, as well as anyone that mm. I will... I will hold it down for the state of Georgia, for the city of Atlanta, when it comes to sports every day, twice on Sundays, every day of the you week. Yeah, yeah, you will. Yes, you can. Ah, so how you doing, bud? How's, how's everything going? What's, uh, what's going on? Hey, dude, I, I'm, I'm, I'm good, bro. I'm, I'm happy for the Braves. Yeah, we're, we're going to get to the Braves a little later on in the show, just because yeah. talking about Atlanta sports teams is a uh, alcohol-requiring subject, to put it that way. Alcohol required. Yeah, Hopefully alcohol much, drinking. very much required to talk about Hopefully the Braves. Hopefully it'll be drinking in a positive way this time. Yeah, but, you know, so the Braves are... Yo, I'm just saying, can I just say real quick that you should start saying some positive things about, like, I've heard in, since I've known you, whenever the Braves have come out of your mouth, it's probably been 95% negative and 5% positive. But But do you blame me, though? Um, because you saw yes. what happened. Okay, so because so we're you're, because you're 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 spoiled. We've gotten used to a high standard of living of division titles but, and playoff appearances. So okay, so I, I I see that point. I understand it. It's one that's been thrown back in my pa- my face repeatedly by people yep. I know and people who yep. I talk to sports about about sports with. But yep. you have to understand the one thing with with Atlanta sports is if there's one thing they're expert at, it's choking in big moments. And at what point do you say? Well, okay, we're we're not the best team in baseball, so we're not really going to give it a go. I mean, it's it's one thing to have high hopes for your team. <laughs> Excuse me. It's another to have those high hopes consistently squished and stomped and erased and burned by a team that comes up with creative ways to lose in meaningful situations every single year. So at what point can you be a good team, but, I mean, at what point can you tolerate being a good team, but never reaching elite status? And that's the thing a lot of Atlanta sports, especially in the playoffs, have in mind. Because what's the point of celebrating division titles and conference titles or league titles, league pennants, if there's no World Series, there's no Super Bowl, there's no NBA Finals on the end of it? Yeah. So at like you, the reason you, I mean, my brother put it the best, and he's the one who's given me the most flack for this, which is under, which is baffling because he he is also from the state of Georgia. He's also from Atlanta. We were born in the same hospital. <laughs> Why on earth would I have any reason to believe that this is going to be different? He's he's giving me the the grief that, like, you know, you have to count your blessings as you have, and that's true. But why do you watch sports? You watch sports to win because you want you want to see your teams win. And yeah. when your team consistently breaks your heart, I mean, what <laughs> at what point do you just stop caring? Because you know what the outcome is going to be because you've seen it over and mm-hmm. over and over and over and over and over and over again. Yeah, no, I mean, I think um, it's it's the classic conundrum as a sports fan, right? 
But if you ask me, I'd still rather have that position, even if you don't feel good about the team, where they're in contention and they're putting themselves in the conversation versus, you know, not making the playoffs or not not very good. You know, I'd still rather be in that for, in that former part, even if you don't feel confident in their ability to succeed. Well, so um, so here's the interesting thing, and I don't want to I don't want to curtail your your take on this because I know from you know being a, a lifelong Browns fan that's probably not yeah. the easiest thing to to kind of hear someone rebuke that. But let's consider the fact that three years ago, three and a half years ago in the Super Bowl, the Atlanta Falcons produced the single biggest choke in the history of the National Football League in one single game in the Super mm-hmm. Bowl, blowing a 25 point lead in the second half, basically all in the fourth quarter. Yeah. So Atlanta fans know what that's like. At the same time, people who are sports fans of, or people who are fans of an entire city and only that city's teams. So mm. pretty much myself with a couple exceptions. The Atlanta yeah. Hawks, the Atlanta Braves, and the Atlanta Falcons. Of those three teams, all of them have been complete garbage at least once in my life for at least one stretch of more than one season all of them every single one of them and at what point do you just go well yeah they're bad <laughs> whatever it's we're not gonna win we're not gonna play for a title it doesn't matter you can just laugh it off but i get it it's another thing when that's a team consistently for decades but the other thing is you can laugh off mediocrity easier easier than you can laugh off blowing a 25 point lead in the Super Bowl or giving up 10 runs in the first inning of an elimination game at home there's yeah. there's there's the difference between being a fan of a team that doesn't win and being a fan of a team that consistently loses in really ridiculous ways in moments yeah, that matter true. that true. to me is the big thing and yeah, yeah, I understand the I understand the alternative perspective. It's it's a really tough thing to have to deal with. And my dad has been a lifelong Browns fan. He remembers when they won championships in the uh, in the early '60s. He remembers what that was like. And then the Super Bowl era just doesn't have the same effect to it. They don't have the same sort of success. They're not able to duplicate it. And they have they go through several periods of transition. They go through ups and downs, mm-hmm. and it just becomes a situation where the team becomes a laughingstock of the NFL. But at this point, right now, this season, who is the one team that everyone is laughing at the most? It's definitely the Falcons. It's the Atlanta Falcons because they should be two they should be two and two. They very well should be two and two. Yeah. But they're not. Because they choked. Plain yeah. and simple. Mm-hmm. They choked months ahead of schedule. Which is not a good thing. It's not a good thing to choke in big moments at period. But for yep. them to do it in the situations that they did, to sure. me, has been one of the hardest things this year. And why Dan Quinn is still in charge is beyond me. Because the argument is always, well, you know, it was one scenario here, one scenario there. But by and large, we are the better team. No. No, I'm sorry. You're not. You Football, American football is not a sport where you can thoroughly outplay your opponent for the entire Ooh. game. Yeah, the margin for error is very slim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't... Like in in soccer, you and I know this. You can outplay the other team yeah, for can. the entire ninety minutes and still lose one nothing. Mm-hmm. You can't do that in football. No, you can't. You can't outplay an entire team for fifty nine right. minutes and still win. <laughs> if you outplay another team, you are B 
speeding them into the ground. And they have yeah. very little chance. That was so bizarre about the Cowboys game. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a great example of that. It yep. definitely defied the odds there. And you think, you know, okay, so this, this loss was bad. It was sloppy on all sides of the ball. We're going to be better next week. What happens the next week? The exact same thing. What, what reason do I have to believe that this franchise is going, that, that the entire city is going anywhere but backwards when it comes to, you know, getting back to big moments and then just ultimately bleh. I mean, yes, I might sound spoiled and my roommate has also given me grief for this, but <laughs> I'm not going to apologize for having a take that's rooted in the fact that my team blew a 25 point lead in the Super Bowl. Like, give me a break, please. And I think what's tough about, I I I just think what's tough about that, particularly from a a perspective of football, is that, you know, the NFL, the turnover is very high. The competition, it's very competitive. Like, every year, different teams, you know, are good. There's a real competitive balance. Uh, And also the fact that the postseason is single elimination. So it's tough because, you know, you don't see the consistency of other sports. So, you know, like teams will have, you know, stretches where they'll make the playoffs a couple years in a row. But very rarely, with the exception of some teams do, you know, it's harder to maintain excellence in the NFL. So when they had the chance, you would have hoped they would capitalize, right? It's uh, it's easier in other sports to keep that level of, of success going. You would hope. You would well and truly hope so. Yeah. And I was thinking about this yesterday. The one silver lining for the Falcons specifically has been the fact that they are the only team in a long time to yep. make the playoffs the year after losing the Super Bowl. Wow. You think of the Rams last year did yeah. make the playoffs the year after they won the Super Bowl. Eagles, okay. same thing. Yep. Uh, that's not going to happen for, I think, the Ravens. The Ravens are going to, or not the Ravens, sorry. Uh, the Niners. I think the Niners are going to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But they haven't started out promising, and there's this there's this mm-hmm. kind of hangover from playing in the Super mm-hmm. Bowl that hasn't that didn't translate in that first season mm-hmm. to the Atlanta Falcons until now, and now it's just it's a combination of poor draft choices and poor coaching, and mm-hmm. I'm <sighs> I I am almost out of words to talk about it. Like I want to be excited for the Braves, I really do. But there's a there's always that part of me that's just like, I know exactly how this is going to end. And I'm not going to be surprised. Part of it is a defense mechanism. Yes, I'm not going to argue with that. Harrison, you can probably speak to this too. Uh, fresh off a solo game of Warzone with 14 kills. Shout out to my guy, my guy <laughs> Harrison, who's supposed to join us on this show. Speedy, thanks for the follow, my guy. Welcome to the channel. Join us for some uh, some good content, some good, some good sports talk. We're uh, about 10 minutes into our podcast. Which uh, which we're focusing on Atlanta for this first little bit and probably the the rest of the show. I mean, Willie, you can you know you can definitely uh, give it. us the give us the bring us bring us back down to earth, if you will. But I, you know what, I think here's the thing, and I, I think from an Atlanta perspective, I think this is one thing you should really be grateful for. There is not one. So if you think about, okay, you know, the Falcons, Atlanta United. Uh, the Hawks um, and the Braves. None of them are bad organizations. I mean, sure, they will have periods where they struggle or they make bad organizational decisions. But you know, you have to be grateful that they are not a bad franchise, a badly run franchise. And that's the most frustrating part about being a fan of a team 
like, you know, the Browns, for example, right? Is it's just like you never you don't you truly don't have hope sometimes because you just can't trust that they're that they they're gonna consistently be good or that they you know, if they if they if they have a bad year they're ever gonna recover. You know, with these other teams, you know, like even if the Falcons have a bad year or two, you know in a couple of years they'll be fine. They'll write the ship. Same thing with the Braves. You know, they had a period of, of lulls and they got back to earth. But but that's the good thing about being an Atlanta sports fan. If there's a consolation, is they're they're all good organizations. I, I mean I would agree for the most part. And I, I would wanna... also say one thing, which is that yeah. they don't have bad ownership too. That's another thing. There are some in some sports, there are some owners that are like really really bad from a sports like winning perspective mm-hmm. well i i do i do hear that and i want to quickly shout out all of our new followers in the chat thank you guys for coming out spectate thanks for uh thanks for joining us yeah just into our uh, podcast recording I, the one thing i want to counter with though is we'll start with the uh we'll start with the braves so the Braves have consistently, in at least in my lifetime, been one of those teams that has a will to win that is almost always stunted by a desire to balance the books. And what I mean by that is the most important thing to the Atlanta Braves is not how many World Series titles they have. It's not mm. winning. It's consistently turning a profit. Mm. And I say this as someone who wants the very best for the franchise, who wants the very best for for the team, for the city. The Atlanta Braves care about money more than they care about winning. And that has led to a series of issues attracting top talent to the franchise, to the organization. You think of the big deals they handed out to Marcelo Zuna and Cole Hamels. Mm. They're one-year deals. Okay. Mm. And whether or not, how long they stay is going to be contingent on their success. At the same time, you have Josh Donaldson, who last mm. year put up a phenomenal year for the Braves. Yep. And ended up signing in Minnesota for more money than the Braves mm-hmm. were willing to offer. I'm sure Marcelo Zuna is going to have the same thing. The Braves are going to offer him a certain amount. He's going to go for another amount on the free agent market, probably to an American League team who has more money and has a need for a power bat in the lineup. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, it comes down to not being financially lenient and understanding that winning creates money. Winning pays, Mm -hmm. literally. Not only Mm -hmm. bonuses from league and TV revenue, Mm-hmm. But yeah. in general, just having a winning organization draws fans. It literally picks up people on the bandwagon. And that's the thing that Atlanta has never had in any of its sports. And obviously some of some of the other clubs in, in the city are a little more, not down to earth, but I guess just they're better about it. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, it's just you know, not it's not great. The Falcons are an exception though, because the Falcons paid Julio Jones and they paid Matt Ryan. And they're still yeah. trash. So I wanna I think you bring up a really interesting point, Owen. Now don't get me wrong. So here's the thing. I think in my opinion that GMs and 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 
play and personnel people in sports when they really deserve the criticism is from bad trades. And and don't get me wrong, like you know the Braves have had some bad trades. You know uh, Nate McLeod, uh, you know Charlie Morton at, at one point. Um, you know trades that have, and that's the stuff that you know you can really criticize. But when it comes to big contracts. I firmly believe that um, if you win, it's all worth it, even if you overpay, and even if those players uh, are not worth their money in the years they don't win. And I think the players you, you mentioned are really good examples. Like if Josh Donaldson, now I understand it's different this year, but, you know, or Marcelo Zuno, those guys, yes. You know, particularly Donaldson making a lot of money. But if they were to win, it's all worth it. They don't have to apologize. You know, say they're sorry. You know, I'm I'm using what what Brian Windhurst said about some of the contracts that the Lakers gave, and I think it's very true in this case. So, um, and so I understand when it comes to maybe you know big free agents, maybe they can splash more. But when it comes to role players. You never know when those role players can make a difference. I, I know you hate to see, to see it, right? But for, let's give it. I'll give you another good example. I mean, if you know Nick Markakis were to play well and the Braves win, I mean, there you go. Don't don't get me started on Nick Markakis. Don't get me started on Nick Markakis, please, please don't make me talk about Nick Markakis. Okay. He's look. He went to high school like twenty minutes from my, like fifteen minutes from my house. He's a Georgia. He's an Atlanta guy, born and raised. Like he was, he grew up in Atlanta. Yeah. Went to high school near me. But prior to prior to this year, in mm-hmm. the what four years he played three four four years he played for the Braves, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. In his career, as a member of the Atlanta Braves, you want to know how many hits he had in the postseason? Not very many. Four. Four total. Sure. He already has three, I think, this year. But this year has been kind of an aberration, more so than the norm. And I want to I want to hammer that point home that not only did the Braves pay Nick Markakis $11 million a year for four years, mm-hmm. they immediately gave him Jason Hayward's number. Jason Hayward, who grew yeah. up a Braves fan, mm. who came up through the Braves organization and openly said when he was a member of the Atlanta Braves, I want to stay here. Yeah. And the Braves understood that they didn't want to pay that much money for Jason Hayward. And yeah, in the first couple of years, the deal worked out. But it's hard to tell because you took a player who was comfortable in Atlanta immediately out of his comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And that, I'm sure, applies to any profession. But athletics and sports specifically, if you are not comfortable, how can you be expected to perform at a high level? Sure. That to me is it was a little bit of a slap in the face for for you know people like myself who grew up fans of Jason Hayward and who was just like yeah this is the next big guy in the Braves organization, sure. And to see the Braves basically blow up a team in 2013 that won what 93 games won the division, yeah, lost to the Dodgers yeah. and the next year had a had a down year won 79 games I think it was what three games under 500 that's or two games under 500 it's yeah. not the end of the world, but sure. then they blew up the whole thing they traded sure. BJ and well now Melvin I guess. And Justin Upton, they traded Craig Kimbrell, Jason Hayward, mm-hmm. and Anderson Simmons. 
They traded the entire core of that team except for Freddie Freeman. And obviously it turned out well because Justin Upton has had injury problems the last few years. Simmons has been Simmons has been one of the only players from that has has really gotten better since he left it yeah. later. Well, uh Mike Miner, right? Wasn't Mike Miner on that? Mike Miner was up and down. He was when Mike he Miner. left the Braves, he went straight down, but then he's he's worked his way back up to to where he was in a Braves uniform. I still had my issues with Mike Miner when he was yeah. with the Braves. I'm very critical of of my my hometown teams, but it's for a good it's it's because I want them to do well. It's because I want them to win. You know, you can be critical of someone and still want the best from them. Yeah. Um, you know, that's that's fair. Um but but look, that's a great example though of a good organization in the sense that I know that you said they blew up the team. Look, they had a their their roster, the pitching it was all is almost rec- unrecognizable from that team. Um but I mean, compared to now, but look, they've reloaded and they have some good players. And like, look, like they, I thought that they, you know, they rebuild, they rebuilt, they, and, you know, they had a good team. They signed three or four players this offseason to make it better. That's a good example, though, right? They, they rebuilt. And so I understand the, the frustration, right? But that's a good example of an organization who knows how to be good. You know what I mean? And yeah. and look, and I'll just say this. I will just say this. Um, I understand the from a GM, it's annoying when players, when you, you know, when you overperform, when players underperform or you pay too much money for players. Um, but you just never know what you're going to get from role players, man. You never know, like, it could be a guy like Darnold, who was, you know, really, you know, uh, not very good with the Mets at times, you know, like, or it could be a guy like Nick Marcakis, who you said struggles in the postseason. You just never know. But if role players contribute and you win, GMs have absolutely nothing to be sorry for. Nothing. Yeah. Because that's ultimately, fair. you need your role players for, to, to win. Ultimately, you need them. Mm-hmm. No, that's 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 very true. You need you need the tenth guy off Look, the bench in baseball. You need that reliever in the bullpen. Travis Darnot has been probably would you say the best player for the Braves? Most consistent throughout the postseason. Yes. Postseason. Okay. Yeah. Most and consistent for sure. What do you think? Is he the ninth best player in their lineup? Honestly, like. <laughs> no, he's he's one of those sneaky good players. I'd say, and and I apologize for any non-Braves fans in the chat. We're just in the middle of the postseason, and yeah. I, you know, as a baseball fan, we can't. As baseball fans, we can't help but not talk about it almost excessively. Yeah. Um, we're about to have Harrison jo- join us on the show. Our special guest, surprise, uh, one of my closest childhood friends. A collab twenty years in the making. Uh, I say that jokingly. We've known each other forever. Yeah, but still. Um, so we do. We do want to hammer home a couple more points on the Braves, though, because I, I know I think yeah. having him on is going to focus heavily on the Falcons and the Hawks and just the Let's you know football it. and basketball in general. Sure. With with the Braves. One of the things I will say is that, yes, you know, I can kind of sleep at night knowing that eventually the team is going to be contending for postseason spots. Mm -hmm. It's the whole not winning a postseason series since 2001 that kind of irks me a little bit. And last year was the best chance we had. And we really should have won that series if it was not for the bullpen. That game was not on yeah. Fultonevich, and or that series was not on Fultonevich entirely. He had a big part to play in it, and I'm still a little salty that he was given the ball in Game Five. Mm-hmm. It's the bullpen in Games Three and Four that let leads slip against the Cardinals. Sure. Yep, that created the problem in the first place. 
and the guy that the Braves went to to be the stopgap and to stop the bleeding and to get us going is just not good enough. And he's no longer with the club. You know, <laughs> I don't I don't know what he's up to these days. I think he's just a free agent, mm. but um it's... You know what's a tr- yeah, but I mean there again is a good example though of you know, and I don't think I'm gonna be honest, I think in baseball it's really interesting bullpens. Um, I don't even think it's necessarily about you having to be having a great you just have to have a good bullpen in the postseason. You know, I mean there's plenty of examples of teams where they they don't have great bullpens, but they have great bullpens in the postseason, or vice versa, their bullpen really struggles. Yeah. Right. And that's a, an example of uh, of that happening. Mm-hmm. You know, on the contrary, like look if you look at Houston, I mean they, they had a terrible pitching staff all mm-hmm. throughout the whole year and all of a sudden they get to the postseason and it's like well, you know, their their bullpen at least, like yeah. yeah, it's pretty good. So yeah, you know, I mean, like last year, this speci- like specifically the statistically the yeah. worst bullpen in the entire league, yeah, both American and national, yeah, was the World Series champion Washington Nats. Like what? There you, exactly. Right. It's so. But it, it just exactly if you have a couple pitchers, like you know, you have Doolittle and you know a couple relievers that can pitch well. And maybe some stars. There you go. So that's all you need, yeah. really. That's, yeah. that's all you need. And that's. But if you struggle, definitely you're gonna yeah. you're gonna have a problem. Yeah. All right. We want to welcome Harrison to the show. Harrison Hope, my guy, going back 20 years of collab, 20 years in the making, as I joked about a little what earlier. What's going on? Good to have Man, you. Thank with you guys us. for having me. Sorry, I was late. Uh, uh-huh. I'm coming off a 32 hour stream, so um, I am Please. a little. Whoa. A little scrambled in the brain, and Whoa. I had to end the night with the solos, and it happened to be a winner, 14 kills, so you know, it, it, it takes a long time, so I do what's apologize. Your, I do what's apologize. your record stream length? Like, what's the length? Um, 63 hours. Wow, that's impressive. But that was with a buddy. That was, it, was a co, okay. it was a co-stream. Yeah, I don't recommend it. <laughs> yeah, it's it, that's, good. that's a long time to stream. Body. Yeah, I think uh, I, I'd be a case study for, for <laughs> Hey, as long as you're having fun, that's all. Yeah. Oh, that's the goal. Yeah, and, and, you and for those of you, for yeah. those of you watching from either my stream or joining from from Savage's stream, welcome, Harrison's stream, welcome, good to have you. Uh, if you have not checked out his his Twitch account, go do that. He's yeah streaming like all the time. <laughs> it's like I'll just I'll be at work and I'll be like, yeah, all right, I'll pop on this stream, come say hi, what's up. But it's did good you, to have uh, you because uh, it's a great day to to talk about Atlanta sports. We've been rolling on this for like half an hour, just trying to figure out what what to make of this whole situation. I know you're a lot more optimistic than I am, especially I, in this in this case. But oh, and I, I was thinking a lot about of our t- uh, a lot about our Twitter conversation today because um, you were talking. You know, if the Braves don't win the World Series, you know, it's heartache all over again, and it's a bust. And I was saying, oh, you know, it's not like the Falcons. It's, you know, however far they get, I'm rooting for them. We'll take any win we can get at this point. Boy, we look good. And my hopes are as high as they could possibly be. This is our year. This is our year. Wow. I can't say it any differently. So I'm ready to get hurt all over again. But (laughs) I don't know, man. We we want LA. Come on through. Uh, I mean, that's who we're getting. Wow. Okay, so, so Harrison, are you are you on the like you know, kind of like uh, pot, like are you like on the, you know, I guess, 
scared? Like, like you know, are are you? I guess, are you optimistic about about the team, uh, or are you are you kind of scared? Are you scared? I'd say optimism is definitely the right word, but it's more coming from a numbness and just a callous that you live in as an Atlanta sports fan. Okay. Um, because no matter what, no matter the sport, no matter the season, there is expectation that you're going to be good and you're going to make it to the playoffs mm-hmm. and you're going to be able to make a championship run. And that's always the expectation because we have talent, because we have a, a, a city that even though in years past has been tough to get to games is supporting these teams um, and they are therefore back in the community. So it, it's a nice cycle. So there's always that expectation. Mm. And that's what just absolutely takes it out of you. This year, I mean, the Falcons, what the hell are we, man? We have <laughs> 10 first rounders on our offense and we're 0-4 and not a single one of them knew that you need to go grab the goddamn football on an onside <laughs> kick before it get like, what, what are we doing here? So it's, it's just so tough because it's always something so minute like that where it's just like, why can't we be great? Why can't we be great? Why can't we be great? Oh, pick six on Tom Brady to go up 21-0 in the Super Bowl. This should be the greatest day ever, only to be followed by absolute travesty. So um, my number one rule and what I like to tell people is that if you are a fan of Atlanta sports, number one rule is that you – have to remember that we're not allowed to be happy. <laughs> yep. No matter what happens, no matter how good things are looking, in the end, we're not allowed to be happy. So, okay, Atlanta United wins the championship. You go to that you go to that parade and you, you just you feel like there's a hole missing because you're like, God, I was supposed to be here a year ago for the Falcons. <laughs> And you're just reminded of that absolute downfall. And then Joseph Martinez tears his ACL and things start to trickle down because you're not allowed to be happy. The Atlanta dream, three finals in a row. Didn't win a single one because you're not allowed to be happy. And I mean, you know Owen, and I know Owen's talked about it a lot. We could go down the goddamn list of the reasons why Atlanta fans truly and ultimately will never be happy. Um but, you know, I think it, it's a world we live in now, and we're content with it because at least we're relevant, I guess. Yeah. And I mean, what are your the, thoughts on that, Owen? I mean, that's the thing that Willie and I were talking about earlier is just like the one silver lining we have is that, like, yeah, we're in the national conversation pretty much not every year, but there's there's periods where even we'll be bad for a few years. Like the Braves were awful for a couple of years uh, right after that whole rebuild. I think it was like 2015. Yeah, everybody 20, has a rebuild. Like 2014 yeah. to 20 to 2018. Just awful. And then back in the playoff division titles three years in a row. Last year, we had the 10 run first inning. Uh, the year before ran into the juggernaut known as the Dodgers. What was, I mean, the, the Falcons, the less we say about that, the better this year. It, uh, like that's, that's, it's a consolation, I guess, but at, at the end of the day, and this is something my brother has given me so much, like this, this stance in particular, my stance particularly, is one that my brother has given me so much flack for because he is such a big Browns fan with my dad that they would rather be the Falcons than be god-awful for forever. But the thing is, you can laugh at mediocrity easier than you can laugh at 28-3 to 3 and having well, that thrown in your face 
Every I don't even year. think we're laughed at anymore. It's just a pity. It's well, what just... about what, what about you, Harrison? Where do you stand on? Would you rather be a fan of a team, you know, like like I, for the Braves, where the most part they're you know consistent, or a team that's you know up and down and, and is not very good or can to be the, good? To the day yeah. I die, I will be happy. I'm an Atlanta fan. Okay. And there's so much that goes into it, and maybe that I mean that's what sports is, right? It's a roller coaster. It's it's something that you get so involved in year after year. And it's something that you actually have no control over whatsoever. <laughs> but it probably is driving you up a wall like it's your actual daytime job. So uh, would I want to be the Patriots? Would I want to be New England? Absolutely not. Get the fuck out of here. You can have your championships, but nobody wants to be a mass hole day in and day out because you got to carry that into the rest of your life. You know, I'm, I'm happy to be an Atlanta <laughs> fan because there's so much more that goes into it. Than, than the scores and it's the culture and it's it's the passion and it's getting together with other people and being able to just feel that sorrow and, and just be able to laugh about it, man. Yeah. You know, it's it's something that's special. Do you think, how would you guys just describe the Atlanta sports like fan base? Like, would you say very passionate, very, you know, how would you describe Atlanta sports fans? In 2014, garbage. Absolutely, like... It's so interesting. I don't know if it's about, you know, the economic state of Atlanta and, you know, people don't want to go to go to games. But I remember going to a Hawks game my senior year of high school and we had upper deckers. And by the end of the game, dude, we were down in the lower bowl, mm-hmm. like 10 rows up just because there's nobody there. And they just yeah, go ahead. It's fine. It's whatever. You know, shit. You want to go shoot a free throw at this point? Like, goodness gracious. And also in that game, there was one dunk the whole game. Which is crazy. It's just, you know, the quality of the sport was super low. Dennis Schroeder was our best player. Mm. Um, so not to call us like a bandwagon city, but there definitely needs to be something to rally behind. And I think Trey Young, even though we're losing, those games are sold out and those games are fun and you can feel the electricity. Um, so now I'd say there is where it's a passionate fan base. If you've ever if you haven't been to an Atlanta United game, you definitely need to get out there. It looks so fun. Oh my goodness! It's it's an absolute bad. Seventy thousand people pretending they care about soccer is just the most fun thing that you could possibly so, enjoy. How would you guys rank, like, in terms of the, the t- out of the Atlanta pro sports teams and the college, like that teams like the most in, in order? Like, would the would would the Braves be number one? I'd say the Braves are number one just because they're international, like, yeah. hold you know. Dodgers, Yankees, Braves, those are the hats you're seeing no matter where you go in this okay. world. Um, so I'd say Braves are number one. Yep. Also, it's just fun to go to a baseball game. Yeah. You know, who cares if they win? It's, yeah, it's a nice day out. Day drink for you know? three hours. Yeah, day drink for three <laughs> hours. You're outdoors. Um, and second, I, I think I'd say Atlanta United. And it's wow. it's not for a normal reason. It's So I, I consider uh, – the biggest success for Atlanta United coming from the fact that we didn't have a soccer team, that a lot of people in Atlanta, it's the melting pot of the melting pot. People are coming from all over. If you move from Dallas, you're probably still a Cowboys fan. Even if you're living in Atlanta, you're not going to be a Falcons fan. People didn't necessarily have a soccer team already, you know? So mm. it was an opportunity for people who enjoyed the sport of soccer, who didn't have a local MLS team that they really rallied behind, to be able to go and cherish something together and this amazing state-of-the-art stadium um and arthur blank you know just deep pockets good golly i don't i don't even understand how i mean i shop at lowe's which is i guess i shouldn't say that out loud but um 
So I'd say Atlanta United number two, just because it's 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 a different type of fan base. It's it's yeah. not just the hardcore Atlanta. It's hardcore Atlanta United. You know, hmm. like I'm Atlanta across the board, but Atlanta United fans are Atlanta United fans. You know. Yeah, and that's wow. that's something that I've I've talked about a lot specifically with with Atlanta sports is that they get their own category because. The city goes really hard for the team, Harrison. You can you can speak to this better than I can because I haven't lived in Atlanta in two and a half years. The city goes super hard for the team. The rest of the country does not care about MLS, <laughs> and it's going to be that way for a long time. And and I do want to get your take a little later on uh, when it comes to more international soccer, but we'll talk about that in a minute. And that's the problem is that you have a city that had that Atlanta won a championship. Like we should, we should be celebrating. Like, yeah, we have first championship since 1995, but the rest of the country kind of looks at it just like, eh, soccer, MLS doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's the, that's the one thing that holds me back from really being optimistic. Cause it's like, yeah, year, year two of the existence of the franchise and here comes some silverware. And we're like, yeah, got a banner. this is going to yeah. be, you know, this is, this is a change in the culture of, the state of Georgia. We're gonna win titles. We're gonna have. We're gonna be entertaining. We're gonna. We broke the curse. We're gonna break the curse. And then what? What do the What do the Braves do in 2019? Just choke on, not even the biggest stage, just the playoff stage. They don't get to the biggest stage. Just mm. massive choke job. And that's part of the reason this year that I've been so hesitant to pick the Braves in the both of their first two series because of those two teams, the Marlins and the Reds, both of their top two starters. And really I'd say top three with the Marlins, but all of their starters are ridiculous. And for some, for the Braves to somehow outdo them with a rookie, a effectively second year player and mm. Kyle Wright, I think he's still a rookie or is his first or second year. Not hundred percent on the service time. But the point is, there's the expectation that something bad is going to happen. And that has, that has sat with me specifically. And this even applies to college because the, the reason people in Georgia, you know, in the South don't like pro teams as much because there's college football. And that's more of a selling point than yeah. pro football or than basketball or baseball. It, they're all about college. And it happened in Georgia jo- too, basically in their own backyard. Big, end up blowing a 20 to 6 lead. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's Alabama. But 20 to 6 with a team that's playing hard-nosed SEC defense. What? Do they have a bigger fan base than um, the Falcons? Oh, yeah. No question. No question. You you go to any bar, any bar in Atlanta, any restaurant in Atlanta, and say there's 50 sports fans, 40 of them are Georgia fans, at least. Really? I mean, think about it. You have the alumni base. You have their kids and their kids. um, I I, want to speak to one point you were saying about the Braves, and – I tell you the turning point and Atlanta was able to not allow itself to Atlanta was winning the first game in 13 innings. You lose that game. Yeah. You lose the series. We lose the series because Mm -hmm. we're, we're all about momentum, all about momentum, ride the momentum. And once you lose that momentum, it's so hard for us to get it back for some, for some reason. And it's true across all sports. Um, Atlanta United, the last playoffs they were in, they're up two. Uh, they're up one zero, two zero, 
and it was going to be a 3-0 with the Joseph United or Joseph Martinez penalty kick, and he missed it. And they came down, scored 2-1, and we lost 3-2. And it's just like it's it's the little turning points, and we were able to just get out of our own way right there. And it's crazy. And tre- I mean, Trevor Bauer is an absolute monster. Yeah. But um, that's why I think we have a chance because we we already proved to ourselves that like or we we already got out of our own way and 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 the biggest hurdle that we could. Um, Willie, I have a question for you. So you, obviously, Atlanta fans are very vocal. I don't think quiet is ever something that will describe an Atlanta fan. As somebody who's not an Atlanta fan, an outsider who's been around it, you've heard Owen talk, um, and you just, you know, you're in sports. What's your take on Atlanta? Is it a pity? Is it like when, when you hear about Atlanta sports, the Falcons in particular, whatever it may be? Because I always feel like, oh, I tell somebody I'm a Falcons fan and I'm yeah. just pitied. No, 28-3, to 28-3. Yeah, um, you know, I would say that it's it's just um, look. I really feel for Atlanta fans to be honest. They're they're very passionate, and you know, I'm just going to exclude Atlanta United for a sec, just because they're such a new team. Yep. You know, and I can at least speak from you know some relatable experience where you know I I grew up a Cleveland sports fan because uh, my dad's from Cleveland and he loves sports, and I grew up. And what's really tough about it is that they haven't had one team excluding Atlanta United that's really been able to break through. And I think that's the tough part. Um, you know, you look at Cleveland, right? The Cavs, we we got that 26 title. And that's not to rub it in. And it's just, I feel I like... LeBron, yeah. so it's... Oh, me too. Oh, I love LeBron. Too. <laughs> I mean... But, um, I just LeBron think... podcast. I love that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love LeBron. He's, I, I watched him ever since I was a little kid, but... You know, anyways, like, it's just tough because, and, and, like, I asked the question earlier, like, would you rather be a fan of a team that's, um, you know, consistently good and maybe comes up short in the playoffs or, or maybe is not n- not great? And I've got to say that while I would definitely prefer the former, um, it's got to be really tough as a fan to have postseason appearances like the Braves, you know, the Falcons, the Hawks, and just and lose. And that's what I really feel because – while those are the, the, as a fan, probably the lowest lows, right, as you get so excited and then you get to the playoffs and you top. So I probably feel for them more than any fan base, honestly. Yeah, a lot of broken TVs and couches in Atlanta around playoffs. That's for sure. So, so it's funny It's funny we mentioned the uh, broken furniture and, and such because, you know, not to spend too much time talking about that infamous day in February 2017. <laughs> but I remember watching this game as clear as day. Remember this day like it was yesterday. Watching the game with my college friends in in one of our one of our buildings. Had a big group of people all watching the game. Tom Brady throws a pick six. We're up 21 zip against the Patriots. The Patriots. The Falcons weren't even supposed to be here. We were supposed to lose to Russell Wilson. Then we were supposed to lose to Aaron Rodgers. And we, we ended up in the Super Bowl. Bulldozed oh, both God of those damn. teams. Uh, and... We're up 21 zip on the Patriots and then 28 to three. And my friends are like, dude, you're going to do it. I was like, shut up, shut up right now because you have no idea what's, what's about to happen because I've seen this happen before. And I'm, I'm don't even say it's over until it's over. And that's one of the instances where I wish with every part of me that I was so wrong. I wish I was wrong. 
I wish I I wish I could have been in your shoes and and seen it coming because oh boy oh boy I was up at Syracuse I was watching with Patriots fans oh wow I was beside oh. myself I was on the phone with my dad at halftime booking my trip to come home for the parade oh goodness gracious and then that second half happened yep and and the amount of people. We lost the coin toss, and it was a, uh, hey, whatever happens, man. And I wanted to punch him in the goddamn mouth. <laughs> I mean, the Patriots of all teams, you know, let it happen to the Lions. Let it happen to yeah. anybody else. The Patriots, Tom Brady. Yeah. Oh, and then the worst part about it, and Willie, did you take the Super Bowl class? I did not take the Super Bowl so class. Did you? Our professor, Dennis Denninger, had a Super Bowl and Society class. And I took that class. It's once a week on Tuesdays for an hour. And you break down everything Super Bowl related, you know, the uh, effect on the city afterward, you know, literally everything. And the Tuesday after the Super Bowl, I showed up five minutes late to class and people were making bets if I would show up because I have a fat Falcon sticker on the front of my laptop. (laughs) And... We spent that Tuesday class, that hour-long class, listening to the Super FX broken-down version of Tom Brady and Julian Edelman talk, talking about, oh, like, we got this. It's not, And I wanted to fucking kill myself. I've never been li- – like, it was a living hell. It was an actual living hell because I had to experience it, and then I had to sit in a class for an hour surrounded by Patriots fans, and any time – the Falcons came up after that. Dennis Denninger would just give a little nod to Harrison. Just nope. That's, that's a little poor little Atlanta oh, fan no. in the front. Uh, oh, that was that was that was a hell loop. See the was, the the one thing I remember about that too is I couldn't even watch the end of the second half. But when the Patriots started scoring, I I knew it was over. I didn't I watch overtime. I, I, Once we lost the coin flip, I went upstairs. Yeah, I was just like, because um, I, I had to go. I was on newspaper staff my senior year, so I had to go and sit on an editorial board meeting during the Super Bowl while the Falcons were in the middle of a collapse. So it spared me from the absolute end of it, but I saw the bits where the Patriots were making their comeback, and and there was a bit of me that was like, this is, this is nothing new. I've seen this before. It's only going to get worse from here, and... To be honest, it hasn't gotten worse. It's just stayed at that level. And it's a pretty bad spot to be in just at at a base, at a baseline. I can't talk about the day in detail because the same level of rage just fills. And just the – it's amazing. It's amazing the effect that sports have on you. Yeah. And shout out, shout out my ex-girlfriend, Katie Burrell. I wanted to fight a lot of people in that house. She did a phenomenal job holding me down. She got a bunch of <laughs> – Empty glass bottles, vodka bottles, whatever it may be. And we went out, and I got to chuck those bitches into the street and against a brick wall. And she did a phenomenal job handling Harrison. Because wow. was, I, I, was I was a wildebeest that day. That was tough. That was tough, man. Yeah. And we'll forever share. Just like everybody will be able to share 2020 in a pandemic. Oh, 2020. We have 28 to 3. Yep. And that's... That's, that's our COVID. That's, that's our fire. That's it for us. That's the thing. The one thing that keeps us going. It's like, as bad as this is, not twenty-eight to three. What was that one tougher than um, the the Bulldogs against Alabama? 
Oh, yeah. 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 I think just because... I imagine if you went to Georgia and, you know, it was life because it is life for those guys. Holy shit. It's crazy. Bulldogs fans are the most obnoxious in the country. Thank God I enjoy the Bulldogs because (laughs) that would suck so much to have to listen to. Yeah. That one just hit on a global scale, dude. Like it. Yeah. 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 So the one thing I'll say about Georgia and obviously none of us went there and, you know, I, I grew up with the reputation of having hated Georgia, but you know, we can get into this later, but when you have a choice between Georgia and Georgia Tech as far as teams you want to support from the state of Georgia, teams that remind you of home when you're 2,200 miles away from home, you're not going to go with Georgia Tech. Yeah, it's an to be fair, they have a good baseball. They have a good tennis program and they have a good baseball program, but football is always lacking. College football is the thing. So Georgia, and I remember watching 2013. They weren't a good team that year, so it's not all because they're good. They, they were not a good team that in my freshman year, but... With Georgia, it's one of those things where, yes, Saban and Belichick are very much cut from the same cloth, but Alabama's dominance in college football is way beyond the Patriots in the NFL. Way beyond. Because it's not just recent with the page, with Alabama. Their dominance goes back decades. Mm. They have, what, 17 national titles? <laughs> and the Patriots have six. Yeah. So not only does They're it go the back Yankees, longer, except they actually still win. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, and they and they and they play in you know an era where it's not just two teams now, and they've won in an era where it's not just <laughs> two teams. Looking yeah. at the nineteen yeah. the nineteen twenties and the nineteen fifties Yankees. True, but I mean, let me let me ask you this: like, like we own a score, like we officially have claim to twenty eight to three. What what mm. other event has led to that? You know, maybe. Yeah, that's a good question. Cumberland losing to Georgia Tech, two hundred twenty-two to zero, just because that's a number that'll never happen again. But twenty-eight to three is officially ours, so suck it. Yeah, wasn't suck it. wasn't there a team in the NFL last week? They they the Bills. were yeah, the Bills were they were winning twenty-eight to three, or they were losing. They were up twenty-eight to three, <laughs> and they almost blew it, and then they ended up. And there was a funny meme. It was the Bills. Logo, Bills logo fading into the Falcons logo. And I said, psych, and I went back to the Bills because okay. they so won. I, I do have they to ask this question, time. and I don't mean to be I mean. I just have to ask this question. Where, so Wally and Harrison on here. So where do you, in that game, place the blame? Do you place it more on the coaching staff, or do you place it more on, on the players? I've had a lot of words for Kyle Shanahan over the years. Let's just put it okay. that way. Okay, Kyle Shanahan. Okay. Piggybacking off that I point watched, really quickly. Look, I remember I watched the Super Bowl but. with Owen this year, and it was wrong. But yeah, no, ahead. piggybacking off of off of that point, Will, you remember how happy I was when they started to blow it, <laughs> when the Niners started to choke, and I was just yeah. like, Kyle Shanahan losing in a big moment. Hmm, where have I seen this before? <laughs> oh, I made money off of that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I don't know if you've seen this image. The other is Devontae Freeman. Okay. The sack by Dante Hightower on Matt Ryan, the strip sack. There is a photo. Devontae Freeman, it was his block off the corner. And I'll I'll find it. I'll send it to you. Didn't even touch him. He he just, it was, it was, it's amazing. He's like this far away from just even coming close to touching Dante Hightower, who then just 
had a clear shot at Matt Ryan, who had an open receiver, strip sack. And then there's the Jake Matthews hold. Uh, yeah, no, there's a lot of blame to go around. Yeah, for sure. It's, but run the damn ball, man. Run, run the ball, please. The first please. four plays of the game were like 30-yard runs. Like, come on now. <laughs> run the ball. Yeah. And every time I've offered this scenario, and, and again, I don't mean to drag my dad and my brother, but it just kind of comes up that every time we talk about the Super Bowl, this comes up. They talk about, well, you know, you, you have to, you know, he's, he's, got, he's the guy who got you there in the first place, Kyle Shanahan. And I'm like, yeah. He's also the guy who lost us that because he decided to try to be cute and try to outsmart Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, which is not something that you do. And it's not something that you can do. It's not something that anyone has ever done successfully to this day. You can't, you have to go with the strategy that is going to take away their opportunity to get back in the game, which is kill as much clock. If you, if you decide to kill clock, they have to use timeouts. If you take a timeouts away from them, then you get the ball back. You can keep killing clock again. It's just it's a it's a collective failure. And it's also on Dan Quinn for not overriding that and not stepping in. I was about to coach. say it's also a problem that they haven't solved. I don't know if you watched the Bears game. We're up two scores and we have two three and outs that take like thirty seconds total off the clock. Cause we're not running the damn ball. It's like it's just Dan Quinn's gotta go, dude. Yeah. Dan no, Quinn's I don't gotta. understand how he still has a job. Bill O'Brien got fired after an 0-4 start, and and the Texans did not blow it. They didn't blow a twenty. They did blow a twenty-four to nothing lead, but that was to Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs, who score like fifty points a game. Which, by the way, Week 16 Falcons Chiefs. That one's gonna be a doozy. Because <laughs> we're gonna be in full form. We'll be raging. We'll be coming back from our 0-8 start, seven and one, going yeah. for eight and eight. Wait, what, Willie, what was this? What was this a week ago or two weeks ago? I gave the take that the Falcons were gonna go 0-10 and, and finish six mm. and ten. They're going to win their last six games. Ago. Yeah, you did say or that. something stupid like that. You did say that, to your credit. Yeah? Yeah. Well, Harrison, well, I want to be cognizant of your time, though, because I know it is... Oh, yeah, late. no, you, you guys got you got some some football to get into, for sure. No, um, and, and I know you've been streaming forever, so I do want to ask you a couple more, a couple quick questions yeah, before we let you go. Yeah, hit me. I'm having a blast. All right, number one. What is your favorite memory of an Atlanta sports team? Anywhere. I threw out the first pitch at a Braves game. Did you? I say play ball. How did that happen? Um, it was my dad's birthday. So my dad works in event marketing. He's like senior VP. Yeah. Um, and it was his birthday. And he didn't want to do it. So he let his favorite son <laughs> suck it. Wow. <laughs> suck it again. Wow. How um, is, that's crazy. That's and crazy. it's funny because the graphic on the board says Phelps Hope. Um but it's just little old me. How old were you? How old were you? I might have been 13 or okay. 12. All right. I don't know. I was always pretty small. So, like, as I picture myself, I'm not, I'm not sure of the year. I need to go back and find it. Wow. Uh, but we played the Dodgers, and there was a little rain delay. But um, that one, and then also, uh, it's on my Instagram, but <laughs> great story. Atlanta United. Um, so, uh, I'm, I'm in a supporter club resurgence. Shout out resurgence. And we sit in the supporter section. You're standing, you're chanting. You know, it's as close as you're gonna get to, you know, real football over in, over in Europa. Um, and somebody, my friend from college, Danny O'Connor. You know Danny. Mm-hmm. Um, he came down to visit. 
happened to get four other buddies to go to the game. So we got a nice little section of six. Nice. And it's raining that day. And I'm running late to the tailgate. And I had this big bottle of champagne from Costco that my mom had given us with a couple of beers. And I get to the tailgate. We chug the beers. And we're like, shit, dude, we have literally this unbelievably <laughs> sized bottle of champagne. Like, I don't know what we're going to do with it. Um, so it was raining. We stuffed it in Nico's hoodie pouch and put ponchos over him. And we're headed into the game, and we're going up the long escalator, State Farm, everybody's chanting, and it's like, oh, shoot. There's a metal detector, and there's a little thing at the top. So my hand's cold as heck. You know, we're doing a little Mission Impossible thing, and we get it off, and we get to the top, and we get in. And then now we're just sitting in our seats with this big old bottle of champagne, like, okay, when do we pop this thing off? Like, this thing is super (laughs) large. Like, we're going to win just because, like, we have this bottle, and you can't not win with this bottle. (laughs) And at halftime, somebody two rows in front of us ripped a chair out of the stadium and threw it, and it landed at our feet. So, light bulb. So, the video is, after the game, when we win, my friends are lifting me in the chair, and I pop a massive bottle of champagne, and the whole freaking supporter section around us is going crazy. We do the yes chant, and it's awesome. They end up dropping me. But I like landed on top of some other seat and it went smooth and it makes for a great video. And so that, that's probably my favorite sports memory today. Wow. It was, it was amazing. I'm glad the people around me got it on video and they sent it to me. So that that's was dope. Epic. That was yeah. awesome. That's yeah. a good one. But, and as, as Atlanta sports fans in general and I guess Georgia as well, kind of, we don't really have a lot to go on as far as watching specific games. So it's yeah. more so like our own personal experiences yeah. with it. Like no tradition necessarily left and right, but yeah, yeah. it's yeah. Wow, Atlanta correction. United games, Dude, I gotta say, seem they're crazy. Incredible. Y'all yeah. gotta come back. Yeah. Owen, you gotta come home, and Willie, you gotta come through yeah, and love to. come with me to Atlanta United game. Yeah, supporter section we get or supporter group you get like discounted tickets and stuff, so it's always a blast, man. Yeah, I wow. I do I do still need to go to a game in the new stadium. It's been too long, wow. and obviously when this pandemic is over, we'll, we'll get back to some sort of normal and be able to get rowdy and, and get behind the, the boys. If you Did will. Did you say you went to the parade, uh, Harrison? Yes. Oh, how was that? Uh, it was smaller than I expected. Okay. But again, you know, Atlanta United is in Atlanta, but it's about Atlanta United fans, not necessarily. Right. The and yeah. again, maybe it was just smaller in my head. Cause I was supposed to be there the year before. Yep. That's, it weighs on all of us. God, I literally, uh, I get made fun of by this one dad who was at the Super Bowl party. He goes, oh, dad, I'm coming home for the parade. Just because oh, he's a massive no. Patriots fan. No. I was on the phone with my dad. I was so excited. I was oh, so excited. No. I was going to get the Julio jersey with the patch on it. Oh. Yeah. Oh. What could have been, what may potentially maybe one day be in this our decade. Lifetime? This decade. We got to speak it into existence. Willie, you got to help me because this is the guy who's holding us back. This guy is (laughs) the biggest hater of all Atlanta sports, no matter what it is. We could have a curling team that doesn't even go to the playoffs or have a postseason, and this man would still doubt us. It does Uh, feel like, like I said, it does feel like 95% of the Atlanta sports things you say, Owen, are are negative. (laughs) I mean, okay, but can you blame me, though? The Super Bowl. The, the Atlanta Hawks yeah, existing. I mean, you're not wrong. We're not we're not quote unquote winners, but so it's 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 not so yeah. much hate we're as it is tenders. just 
pessimism based off years of expecting the worst, expecting the best and seeing the absolute worst on a consistent basis. Except I know that Owen will cry when we win a championship because it'll mean that much more. When one of the big three win a championship, I'm going to cry. And then I'm going to spray myself in champagne because why not? And honestly, it'll all be worth it. All the like the downs, like all the downs, will be worth for, it. Like the one, twenty-eight to three would be worth it. One. Only only one that will make that worth it is if the Falcons win. Yeah, it has it has to be the Falcons, and it has to be, be a big Falcons. comeback. It it can't be it. Ha- that's the only way it has to happen. Or a blowout. Yeah, because it was. You have no idea how cocky I was, because what we did to Seattle and Green Bay when we went up twenty-one zero. I was looking at people who were shocked, and I was like, "Are you kidding me? We're the fucking truth." Excuse me, like, <laughs> like this isn't shocking. Look what we've been doing. Like, we are the truth. We are the absolute best offense ever. Like, it was, it was just, it was, it was an amazing year, an amazing, amazing, amazing year. Yeah. I don't think I'll ever feel that confident as a sports fan ever again. And just for Atlanta to Atlanta, it's just, it's amazing. Yeah, puts the ball on everything. Rule number one: We're not allowed to be happy. No. We're not. Potentially best offense of all time. Nope. You're not allowed to can't be, be happy. happy. Greatest wide receiver of all time. Can't be happy. Oh, yeah. And uh, in the, in, sorry, Willie, go ahead. Oh, no. I was going to ask Harrison, like, it was Julio Jones, or who is your favorite Atlanta, like, athlete, sports sports player? Mm-hmm. I have, out of Atlanta athletes, I have a Julio and a Trey jersey. Trey Young. So okay. I think those two. I mean, Trey Young is supposed to be a junior in college right now. Yeah, yeah. And the numbers he's like, people don't give him enough credit for that. When you think about it, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. I, I will die on a hill for, for a trade. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I, he's got, I mean, he's got potential to be really, really good. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, and sure. the thing, the thing with the Hawks is they're building something for sure. Cause they are, our, they are. Travis Blake was the year. Warriors assistant GM and Maybe. Lord knows what they built. So yeah. And, my my uh the job I had before I quit in February, um, I got free tickets to Hawks games and they were great seats. Yeah. Like I love going to Hawks games. Oh man, yeah. I got I got some dope Hawks swag. Like yeah. I love it. I love oh. I love Haw- Hawks games are super fun. Also, fun. especially now, like it's electric. It's electric. Oh, yeah. People love and Trey Young is so They're, fun, man. He is. He that is. kid is a beast. Like yeah. he's a player. Who else throws the ball through professional athletes' legs and then just drains it from the baseline? Oh like, yeah. Come on, no, this kid is this kid's got swagger, man, and he Atlanta does. needed that. And the cliche question of Luca and Trey, and sorry, I know you guys gotta gotta get rolling, but you know, it wouldn't have made sense if Luca was in Atlanta and Trey was in Dallas. Mm-hmm. You know, it it the the cards fell how they needed to. And sure. I'm excited. Yep. Um and I, I hope they both have long careers and they're both chasing the greats, not each other. So it's gonna be yeah, good. They're- they're always going to be defined by that trade. Like yeah. people are going to be talking about Unfortunately, that. Unfortunately, but that that's put on us. That's put on by us as as fans, you know. I don't I don't think that they truly feel that way, you know. I, I think as sports commentators, which every goddamn person in the world is these days, <laughs> whether they're good or not, Colin Coward. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we we put that pressure on them, and I I, yeah. I think it's important these days that. These athletes can see past or just not even hear the takes on social media. So, mm. especially Carson Wentz, who can't throw a goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> so much. Shit. I love it. A uh, couple more, and these are these are quick. In the spirit of our show, which we call it hot takes only, what is your most controversial, going to upset people, mm. 
just ridiculous take of any 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 sports take or just any take. Um, I will never, except for this one instance, just to explain it. I will never call the Boston Celtics the Boston Celtics. They are the Boston what? Celtics. <laughs> Forever and always. They're the Boston Celtics. <laughs> wow. Look it up, dude. There's no reason that we whitewash that. Literally no reason that we change that word. Uh, Makes no sense. I like um, it. And I went to a game with my Boston friends, and I said it once, and it pissed them off. And anything you can do to piss off a Boston fan is a are beautiful thing. Are they your friends' assholes? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, so I will forever say the Boston Celtics and I have for the last three years so I love that take I love it I love it and then the last one tough to spell out because it's spelled the same right (laughs) and the last thing before we let you go is uh, if you could go if you could go back in time or whatever whatever you want to call it and go to any any sporting event live and be there any moment in any sport anywhere and just be there. Which one would it be? I think it would have been cool to be at Hank Aaron's 755. Wow. Okay. I think that would have been really, really cool. Mm. Just because of the waves that it made, like... Yeah. Within the black community, within sports, and within just the future of Atlanta. You know? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Because we're known for being kind of the the heart of the civil rights movement or at least one of the major major points of it yeah to have the civil rights history just embedded within everything the city is about and is it's i I think that's probably the best answer we've gotten that that may seem a brown nose answer coming from a white guy but like you know i was the minority in high school you know diversity was something that i didn't I almost didn't get because I almost went to a private school and I went to a public school and I was the minority. And honestly, diversity is something that you can't put a price tag on. Like it, It's amazing to me people that don't have interaction with yeah. different culture. It, it, it's unbelievable. Sure. What, what was you all's answers for that question? Have you answered that question? I haven't. Wow. Willie, I want to let you go first because I have... Um, uh, sure. I have one in mind. Okay. Um. Yeah, I mean, if I could have picked anything to go, I mean, I mentioned earlier, I, I would have had to say, I mean, if I could have been a, at Oracle for the twenty six. Well, I was gonna, finals, I was gonna guess um, that. And just that, <laughs> that, that, that moment as a Cleveland Ugh. sports fan, um, and just that game, how crazy that game was, in general, um, and just you know, even just grow, you know kind of even you know growing up and, and hearing my dad talk about you know Cleveland never winning and coming up short and coming close a few times um you know that was a really special moment so I would have chose that game I think speaking of heartbreak imagine being that close with LeBron James you have the potential goat and he he books it to Miami before he gets yeah, you a championship. So you know what? You know what? Uh, I, I'll, I'll tell the story and um look I love LeBron he's my favorite athlete um, and he's on, you know, on the court, like I, I'm love him on and off the court. I will admit I did burn the Jersey. Oh, I burned a shirt. You I had burned it. it. Wow. I did. Willie. Uh, now to be, f- yeah, this is not an excuse. It was more just out of sadness, but I was <laughs> at my friend's, my friend's house. Um, and, uh, he had a bonfire pit and I just threw it in there. Heck yeah. And, um, 
but you know what, man? I mean, coming back. Good and, for him. Yeah, I, that was um. Love that. What are yeah. your thoughts on Kyrie? Just uh. Yeah. Um. With you know Kyrie? what? I have. I have. Um. And look. So I'm gonna. Sorry. I'm just geeking out a little bit. All right. So. <laughs> um. It's really interesting. Um. So. Good and and bad. So I'll start with the good. And this is a credit. This is a tribute to LeBron's greatness and just unselfishness and just want to win at all costs. You know, there's a famous story, right, about, you know, with a few minutes left in the finals in 2016 Game 7, uh, LeBron is pointing to Ty Lue and he's trying to get his attention. And he points to Kyrie. He says, I want him to take that shot. And I firmly do believe that, you know, Kyrie, what what he did for us in, in, in 2016 and just... He was a perfect Robin to Batman. I'm I mean, I don't perfect. Think he was per absolutely perfect. Look, people are are talking about. I understand, you know, people are talking about who's LeBron's best, you know, teammate. I understand some people say Dwayne Wade, uh, some people mm. say Anthony Davis. I personally think Kyrie. Kyrie, a hundred percent. But um, yeah. It's, but on the other hand, um, you know, look, the the truth is that when Kyrie was with the Cavs. Um, without LeBron, the team was a disaster. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he he was a little mature and he went to Boston. That didn't work out. So I firmly do believe that I do hope that he gets his maturity and his act together because otherwise it'll be – he has so much talent. Now. Long road. Yeah. Oh, he's so talented. But I just, I, I just want to say that, you know, just one quick thing, sorry. So in sports, right, athletes always talk about how at the end of the day, right, they – they just at the end of their careers and later in their careers, they just want to win so badly. So, you know, to hear the podcast the other day, it's like, why can't Kyrie be thankful that that the Cavs helped him and LeBron helped him get the 2016 finals? Yeah, he's hung like, up on something. Day, like that's that's like what you want to do. Like that what you won. That's what many athletes strive for. Many athletes never get to do it. And you did it together. So why don't you be thankful for a little? And it's LeBron different than like how LeBron and AD are doing it this year. Like yeah. they built that together. LeBron yeah. built Cleveland, and then Kyrie took over in Cleveland while he was gone. And then they just oh, it was so beautiful. It was yeah. so beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. And the three-one comeback, and oh, oh, Kyrie, Kyrie is my favorite and, player. And that game five, but he's become a villain, and it sucks. That that game five was one of the greatest performances. Where forty forty, holy cow! I mean, that was, yeah, that oh, was um, absolutely that was absurd. Some, yeah. All right. Well, Owen, oh, what's your uh, what's your sports moment? So, so this one it might come out of left field a little bit uh, because it's not Atlanta related. Wow. Okay. But that's mostly because we don't have a lot of historic moments outside of Hank Aaron, and I don't want to you know duplicate that. As cool as it would have been to be there in the 1970s with a black baseball player in Atlanta breaking a record that was held by a white player by the Yankees in the 20s. Um, so I grew up a big David Ortiz, Manny Ramirez fan. Mm-hmm. And for me, one of the moments that solidified my love for sports, period, was the 2004 ALCS when the Red Sox <laughs> pulled off two, in my opinion, still in, in any sport that has series of games rather than just single games the single greatest comeback in a series in sports history to not only come back on that new york yankees team 
but to come back on it the way they did. So specifically, yeah. Game Four of the 2004 ALCS oh, yeah. at Fenway Park, yep. where Dodgers manager Dave Roberts scored the tying run in the bottom of the ninth yep. after Bill uh, Kevin Molar walked, pinch run, pinch ran by for Dave Roberts. Roberts stole second. The world knew he was going, and then Bill Miller up the middle. Game tied. Ortiz walks it off in the 13th, and Sox are going to win the World Series. It's that, that to me, that kind of reminded me, like, yeah, no, this is, this is it. Yes. Wow, that was um, even more so than winning the World Series and breaking the curse. Well, the thing with the World Series is that after, so we talked about momentum in Atlanta sports specifically, but that was such a big momentum booster for the Sox that they, that was their World Series. I mean, the players talk, yeah. like Pedro talks about it too. He's like, yeah, that was our World Series. Yeah, like beating beating the Yankees the way we beat the Yankees that was wow. the World Series. And sure. Like the Cardinals won a hundred, they won one hundred and four games that year. They were and good. They still got swept. Yeah, by a team that was playing just out of its mind. Yeah, the the team band of idiots, if you will. I mean, they were a good team. Don't don't get me wrong. They won like what ninety six games that year, and they were still wild card teams. The Yankees won like. 100 or however many they won they had they both had stupid good seasons yeah but that was that that to me i was like you literally cannot write off anyone until the clock hits zero how many 3-0 comebacks have there been one in in baseball just one that's the only one that's the only one in any any championship or world series that's the only one really i think it's it's really it's gonna be really hard to to beat again because just everything that had to go right for Boston went right. I mean, you think of two that the, what was it, Game Six at Yankee Stadium, where Alex Rodriguez decided to be peak Alex Rodriguez and slapped the ball out of Bronson Arroyo's glove, and people Classic. at Yankee Stadium Classic. start throwing bottles onto the field and getting upset that their superstar cheater decided to cheat. Big surprise. <laughs> eh, anyway, I could go on and on about that series. The, you know, the they, ESPN thirty five, for thirty is dude, prime. Game five was extra innings too. Yeah. Like they, also, like also big poppy innings. little blooper walking it off in like the eleventh, I think eleventh or twelfth. Yep. One of those two. But what's yeah. up with Boston is just getting the perfect storylines every time. They just things go right for them. I don't know what it is. I mean, it's so this is not so much a take as it is just a joke. But I like to joke that the reason Atlanta sports teams get just consistently pooped on and we we don't get anything happy is because the city itself is just such a cultural icon really as mm. compared to others everything cities. else yeah i like, got you the the yeah. hip the We're amount of so right yeah. the amount of hip-hop and rap artists that have come out of that city the the sheer culture and the history of the civil rights movement being burned down mm-hmm. and built up and created as the mm-hmm. basic the heart of the south like if you think of who's who's the unofficial capital of the south it's atlanta yeah, absolutely. Oh, you yeah. Don't dispute that. Right. So you you heard it here first. Owen Hill, Boston's a shit city. All right. Well, relative to Atlanta, that, yes. That, every city therefore, they that's that's where their winning comes from. Every okay. every well, city except for LA is shit that, compared like, to Atlanta. With yeah, like with with how many famous people like are from Atlanta and like how young and cool you know it supposedly is. Like it would be so cool if in like five ten years like they're re- like the teams are really good. Man, they would. Yeah, that would be awesome. So cool. <laughs> That'd be nice. <laughs> must, must be nice. Oh, All right. Man. Well, Harrison, I know it's late. I want to thank you so much for uh, for joining us. Yeah, we'll, uh, thank we'll you have guys you on. 
we'll have you on at some point later to to break down it, whenever the Falcons do something stupid, which is going to be before we know it. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. I got hot takes all the time, man. I'm I'm more than just in Atlanta, even though I'm pretty I'm pretty he's, Atlanta to the yeah. Coast. He's pretty decked out, man. I got the uh, I got the everything Georgia, Georgia Polish, shirt. Yo, I I got a hat from them. Um, it doesn't fit me. So well, they got some great stuff. That, if you want that hat, word. Um, if we go to the World Series, are you coming home? Are you going to a game? I think I'm gonna go. Well, it's gonna be in Arlington. Is it? Some bitch. yeah. They're in, I, I, I they're thought in the World Series was right. was going home. Shoot. Real quick, uh, Harrison, uh, why do you oh, make right? Why do you make a prediction right now? About the Braves in this postseason. Ooh, Braves Dodgers. This one's seven, right? Three five yeah. seven? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh god, dude. Either Dodgers in six or Braves in five. Whoa. I was expecting Dang. Braves. Was, when you said Dodgers <laughs> six, I was like, no. okay, he's gonna Braves in seven. No, wow. Okay. Braves if if the Braves are gonna win it, they're gonna win it. They're gonna pop off for four runs in the seventh, three games in a row, and it's it's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. Well, the wow. seventh is usually Kershaw's peak uh, Kershaw inning, so you never know. Oh, you never know. The, that Braves lineup against playoff Kershaw. I love. When it. does that start? Uh, Sunday, I one? think. Sunday. Sunday is game one. I've loved these midday games. It's been awesome. It's amazing, right? It's just, it's, it's been so the best. Much, so much. They played a lot of Atlanta's played a lot of them this postseason. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of every games. day, every but, damn day it feels like. Uh, thank you guys for having me, Willie. It's great to see you, dude. Yeah, yeah Harrison, thanks for coming on, man. Before you go, yeah, shout absolutely. us out. What do you, what do you got? What do you got to to tell the the lovely people listening to this podcast? What do you want oh, to shout man. out? Oh man, just been rocking and rolling, man. Uh, I I've, I've been focusing a lot on just like positive vibes, and yeah. as I've been streaming on Twitch, I come across a lot of people who seem to have a problem with just like their self-image and um, they seem to be going through depression, but a lot of it seems to be coming from how they perceive themselves, not necessarily like their environmental situation, whatever it may be. A lot of it's just, Oh, I think I'm ugly. Oh, nobody's telling me this, but you know, it's in my head. Um, And I think I've taken a lot away from being able to uplift these people because it's allowed me to sort of just like do the same because, you know, I think all of us go through it. Mental health a major major problem um and it's a daily issue for a lot of people and to be able to say out loud to somebody else the and express the importance of self-love it's allowed me um to have that gratitude towards myself if that makes sense um so that's been really rewarding and building a community and things so yeah I'm, i'm on twitch savage hope um doing my thing man i just started playing claw which has been a game changer on cod Okay. So, you know, check me out. Yeah, Savage Hope, um, go check them out, folks. Appreciate you guys for having me. Have a oh, blast. Anytime, I love you all. Anytime. Yeah, just, thanks for coming on, man. Well, I guess I was gonna this is you. a podcast, right? So. Yeah, well, we're going to probably cut stuff up. I mean, we're still live on Twitch. We're probably, yeah. probably going to cut stuff up. <laughs> Are you going to go back to streaming right now? Are you going to... Uh... No, 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 no. I, no go get some not. sleep, my guy. Yeah, I got I to... Gotta, I'm going to my mom's tomorrow. I got some stuff to do. What are you guys doing this weekend? Anything fun? Uh... Hanging with the lady, yeah, chilling, playing video games. You know, usual, <laughs> usual weekend. How are the fires out by you? I don't really know. They're where not you bad are. in LA. It's mostly it's mostly Northern California. Oh, you're in LA. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. Well, once I get big enough on Twitch, dude, I'm gonna have to move out to LA. So you we'll know. have to do it. We'll have to. We'll have to All find right. a place. We'll both get big on Twitch. Both get be you know be living. The <laughs> I life. really appreciate you guys having me. It was a lot of fun podcast. Right, yeah, thanks for coming. Something I've definitely been interested in, and this was I think really important for me to be able to actually do it and just. 
kind of get a feel for it because this, this was a blast. You guys are awesome. All right. Have a go, guys. Appreciate right, Harrison, you. We'll see you later. Thanks for coming. All right. Well, that was uh, our, our interview slash Skype slash <laughs> guest appearance by uh, good friend Harrison Hope. I mean, he and I go back 20 years at least, if not longer. Um, you know, we, we've, we went to the same uh, elementary school, preschool, kindergarten, elementary school. Uh, kind of, you know, lost touch a little bit the last few years, but, you know, I've been reconnecting lately, especially during quarantine and seeing him stream has gotten kind of inspired me to do some of the same. So big shout out to Harrison for joining us. Uh, remember, all of this is streamed live on Twitch where Harrison is a big streamer himself. So go check him out. Savage Hope. Uh, if you were big into streaming Call of Duty or just want to see uh, just a genuinely good dude go about his business. So great guy. He's a great guy. Yeah, and that's that's also that's coming from Willie, so that's you know that's high praise. <laughs> one of the one of the one oh, of the wow. most genuine people that I know is is this oh. guy right here, my co-host. Um, Willie, we don't have a lot of Premier League to discuss, discuss this week. I was thinking about it because I just remembered we're we're on an international break, and there's no fixtures this weekend, so I'm sad, <laughs> but I'm also well, happy you, because you we don't have to think about. Tr- yeah, you're trying to say that you don't want to talk about Liverpool. I don't want to talk about seven. To, I don't want to talk about Liverpool losing seven to two at Aston Villa. I don't want to talk about. I don't want to talk about Liverpool losing 7-2 at Aston Villa. I don't want to talk about it. We're not going to talk about it. Okay, fine. We'll talk about it a little bit. Um, it's, okay. It's so... I guess the only thing I will say that's, you know, that really stood out to me about that game mm-hmm. was just up and down the team everyone was lackluster. I mean, Salah scored two goals, sure. But every single player was abysmal. Yeah. Joe Gomez subbed off at 60 minutes as a mercy sub should have happened 20 minutes into the game. That should have been a day on Lovren against Tottenham in 2017. That should have been much earlier. Gomez was the worst player for me, besides Adrian, who we don't even need to get into him. We... Everyone knows how trash he is. Um, people only rate him because he's good with his feet, I guess. I mean, he he made some good saves against Arsenal in the League Cup, but and, and against Lincoln City too. But that's it's not a good sample size. And Lincoln City playing their first team in the third tier of English football, <laughs> Arsenal playing their second team is it, it's, it's it's shocking to me how the last game before an international break, you can come out and give that kind of performance. And I'm sure Klopp is going to be tearing it, which today is the anniversary of Klopp signing for Liverpool five years ago. And all we have to talk about is just an absolutely shambolic performance. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah, that was um, a very good wake-up call, hopefully. I mean, I think that... And I think that it's it's honestly really good for Liverpool because I think, you know, last year too, they won a lot of close games, had a lot of comebacks, you know, and I think um, just the, this will wake them up. You know what I mean? Like if you have, there are plenty of games where teams, you know, go down a goal or two, right? And they come back and they either salvage a draw or win late. Um, but that maybe doesn't really teach you the lesson. So, you know, hopefully that will, for, for this team. But that was a shocking result. Um, and I think the question is, what is this a, a symptom of a bigger problem or is it not? 
I don't think it's a symptom of a bigger problem. I think it's more so just, you know, I, I hate to put all of this on one player, but it just shows you how vitally important Allison is. Because Allison, sure. what, he get, what he brings to the table is more than just being a good keeper. Mm-hmm. He gives his entire back line and his entire team confidence because not only is he going to make a couple big saves after doing nothing for 85 minutes, but he's calm with the ball and he provides a sense of security to the back line. So they know if they make a mistake, it's not necessarily the end of the world. With Adrian, that is not the case. His first goal was a gift to Villa, and from then on, it just became a travesty. Mm-hmm. Because the back line plays with no confidence. If they play with no confidence, the midfield plays with no confidence. It's, there's a, don- mm-hmm. a, a domino effect that happens when what we saw takes place when mm-hmm. we lose in the manner we do and when it's all down to just a team not performing at all. I think that it's a little harsh to say that Adrian's mistake had a domino effect or his lack of confidence in goal. I understand that Allison's a leader, but it really should be on Van Dyke and the other Jordan, you know, the the midfielders to to lead the team and prevent something like that from happening. And just overall, like, he can't control the defending. I mean, there was some terrible defending in the game. You know, he can't control that, Yeah. right? No, and... and That's got to come from players there, like, closer to the action. Right, and, and there's a couple points that come out of this. It's also the importance of Jordan Henderson. Because the performances without Henderson in this calendar year have been shocking. Atletico Madrid at home, piss poor. Yeah. Because of Jordan Henderson's absence. Mm-hmm. You want to go to uh, sure. City. It's a good point. After the league was already won. So, admittedly, that result was coming, but that level. I mean, I think he even played, too, but that you know that's, one, that's kind of an aberration, too. But just up and down the board, looking at the games that Henderson doesn't play versus the ones that he plays, the performance levels are night and day. And so it, you have to give some credit to the fact that he is the leader in this team. And yes, Milner is vice captain and that goes for something, but you cannot replace a player who not only leads by example, but leads with his mouth too. Yeah. He will bark at the rest of his team if they are not I performing think that, your standards. Yeah. I think that it's been really shown that he's an invaluable player, not just from, you know, the fact he wins, you know, his skills and how why he won, you know, player of the year, but yep. his intangibles, his leadership. He gets players. He's that extension of the coach on the field and getting players to make sure that they're held accountable. Exactly. Um, and honestly, I mean, it's like, I mean, look, you can't say it enough, and I know it, it may sound like a no basic point but you know you look at the other teams in the Premier League and you know like look at Manchester City like they they their problem might be leadership you know Manchester United like their problem you know might be leadership um Chelsea without Espilicueta playing where's their leadership coming from Mm -hmm. it's a huge huge thing it's a huge huge leadership and 
the example, not just by uh, leading as an ex like leading by doing, but also leading by speaking and instructing and being the manager's voice on the field. And that's something that he gets a lot of credit for, at least in Liverpool circles, maybe not as mm -hmm. much around around Europe. I think people, myself included, so I, I do have to admit, and I, I'm not going to shy away from saying this, but I was very wrong about Henderson because I said he wasn't a good enough leader when he first assumed captaincy yeah. after Stevie G left. Yep. Those were massive shoes to fill. But he has almost more than filled them because he's delivered something that Stevie never could and no disrespect to Steven Gerrard what, whatsoever because he, he brought the club, the Champions League, almost single-handedly. He brought the FA Cup. He is one of the greatest players of his generation, but he couldn't, you know, Everything didn't come together for him like it did for Henderson, but Henderson also amplified what he had at his disposal. So, you know, yeah. I think, so you put Stevie G in Henderson's place. They still win the league, but Henderson makes that much more of a difference because he's the one who is going to drag his team with him and also be the voice of the manager. Now, we can't talk about Liverpool and, and, and these guys individually without talking about Jurgen Klopp. Klopp is, I mean, this is a very biased opinion, but he's the greatest manager in the world. Yeah. Guardiola has nothing on Klopp because Guardiola can't take a team of unrefined talent and sure. At least he hasn't shown. He hasn't shown. No. He has, and he will never he do that because, because I don't think he can. I don't think he ever will because he can't. Wow. Um, maybe. Look at the you know? no. Look at the three clubs he's managed: Barcelona, sure. Lionel Messi, Xavi, Iniesta, Puyol, PK, um, Pedro, David Villa, wow. Alexis Sanchez. These are not bad players. These are world class players. As a manager, yes, he won the treble, but was it because of him or was it because of Messi and Xavi and Iniesta? Sure. Was it because of oh, two of the greatest midfielders? I mean, as as Bielsa said, those Barcelona teams were maybe the greatest teams ever in soccer. Yeah, and that's and that's fair to say. But you, you know, the thing is, we'll never know how much of it is Guardiola. Sure. And how much of it is the players able to execute his tactics? Because you look at Bayern Munich, the next place he went. Yes, they won the league three years in a row, but with those squads, the second. Two years, having Robert Lewandowski at striker, and the rest of those Bayern Munich squads to come up short in the Champions League is honestly a little embarrassing. If you're Pep, yeah. And then yes, he has his teams at City have produced some of the greatest football we've ever seen in the Premier League. That's fair. Yep. But what separates good managers from elite managers is that giant trophy. It's that Champions League. And to win yep. it without Messi and without Xavi and without Iniesta. And he he couldn't get it done. And he's I mean, he still very well could do it this season. We'll never know. If he if City can win the Champions League this mm -hmm. season, I'll eat my words. I'm the first to admit that I'm gonna be I'll be wrong about this. It's just it's just hard where it's like, you know, that's where I never really know how to judge 
coaches who can, uh, assemble really good teams and they just either don't quite get over the hump or come up short in the playoffs, right? Like, the best thing I think you could do as a coach is to make them really good. And then you hope, you know, in the playoffs or in a tournament in this case where it's, you know, a smaller sample size, they'll come through. But it's hard. Like, I don't, I, I think it's hard because, you know, the playoffs or tournaments, there's such a small sample size. It's hard to really pin it on managers, I think. It's, it's tough. It's a tough, tough thing. Yeah. Managers are always, they, they get too much credit. And they get too much blame. Because ultimately, they're not the ones kicking the ball. They're not the ones playing. They're the ones who set the team up to play well and get the most out of the team. That's It's man management as much as it is tactics. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, they're not the ones doing it. They don't get paid to kick yep. balls. They get paid to tell players to kick ball or to yep. hit balls or whatever whatever sport it is. So a lot of, mm-hmm. a lot of question marks around that. But I will Absolutely. say this, though. I will say this, and this is still kind of a hot take, and this is one that people will still refute me on, and this may be a place out of anger because he left Liverpool because of money, even though he denied it was because of money. Uh, Raheem Sterling is still not world-class. Whoa, that is a huge hot take. That's it. He's just fast. Well. Because he plays in Pep's system. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think, go ahead. He is able to get in positions to score goals. Because teams are not marking him like they are marking his teammates. He's just in really good positions. He's not a striker who has an an instinct and an eye for, like, he is going to score three a game. The team is going to score three a game. But when you have Kevin De Bruyne giving you service in behind as as a pacey winger, are you kidding me? Like, I'm sorry. No. No, 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 no. If he wins Golden Boot this year, I'll eat my words. But he won't because he's not world-class when it comes to goal scoring. He's a fast player and very tricky to deal with. But he still misses what? I don't know. Five? Five, six sitters on average? Yep. Mm-hmm. A, a, a week? Sure. And it's sitting... Situ- yeah. I don't know. That's, this may be a place of just sheer hate, but the... <sighs> The the take with Sterling with some people is just like he No. No 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 no. He I, I will admit, yeah, I mean definitely in the numbers he's put up are incredible. And uh, so I understand maybe outside the system there are some questions, but he's he's improved a lot. Yes. His finishing has gotten better, his runs have gotten better, he's gotten around the box more. Mm-hmm. He's gotten better, but there are some questions I would agree about can he translate it? To you know the national team, for example, mm-hmm. um, and 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 where you may not have as many chances, right? You can't squander those chances yep. when you get them. Um, but even just like his confidence, like the goal he scored against Leeds United, where he cuts in on his right foot, like that was a nice finish. Like, yeah, he's no. gotten better. He's gotten better. Yeah, but um, I will concede, and and this may be because he joined City at twenty. Uh, yeah, no, he does. Harrison, he does have two left feet. Harrison in the chat, <laughs> still joining us. Uh, he does have two left feet, but it's it's one of those things where his sheer pace and his quickness is able to delete defenders 
to the point where he's left with an easy finish because that's an easy finish for a lot of players, a lot of forwards in in football. Mm -hmm. He makes it look really easy, but it's still not the toughest of challenges to to finish. I mean, yes, it was, it was a good goal. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna deny that, but we're we're not gonna rave about how all of this is because he's a world class player. He's really fast and he's agile. Sure. Mm-hmm. And he can pass a ball into a goal. Yeah, sure. But he plays in a team that makes it so much easier. And when you have that much world-class talent in front and behind you, it makes your job that much easier. Yeah. He was, he was scoring single-digit goals and assists every year for Liverpool. Yes, he was a teenager, but 50 yeah. million pounds for that? I mean, it's the price tag. It's the hype he gets to me is just a little too too much. I, I mean, and it shows what a good manager can really do for a player, though. Yes, I will concede that as well. But like, I will also I will also say with the skills he's developed and under Pep, I mean, he could be, you know, really good. Um, and it also depends on his role. Um, you know, I, I think he's really good on the wing. Like, I think... The way they were asking him to play in the last World Cup, I didn't think was great. Um, so he can definitely, he definitely has that ability. I would say it's kind of somewhere in the middle, compared to what you're, what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, it's we'll we'll see what he's able to do at the end of his career. But for me, for right now, he's still a little overhyped. But you know, I, okay. I I guess I guess I get hate for this, but a lot of my takes, a lot of my sports takes are overly critical. But that's just because it's sports media as a culture is this uh, excessive, excessive hype factory, excessive hype machine, if you will. Mm-hmm. And we're very quick to say overwhelmingly positive things or overwhelmingly negative things. Where in reality, it's somewhere in the middle. Uh, I mean, again, this is all my this is my opinion about my opinions. Take that as read that read into that what you will, but yeah. Just, no, I, it's, it's a, that, those are that's a really good, that's a, a really of, interesting hot take, bro. It adds a lot of a lot of potential to what we're going to be talking about throughout the course of the show, and I want to encourage Can't. everyone who's who's listening to the podcast, who's live with us on Twitch, to uh, to stay tuned because there's this is only going to get better. The more Willie and I sink our teeth into this, oh. it's going to get better, and I can't wait. For the sec- I have some good hot takes today, I think. Yeah, I think we do want to get rid of that. I don't think... I mean, is there much else on your end of the Premier League? I mean, the international break, there's not really much to mm. discuss because there's nothing of real consequence. I mean, there's some Euro qualifying, okay. but... Uh, sure. Well, I'll just say this. Uh, that, um... I, I, gotta, I gotta be honest. This is gonna sound crazy. I think Spurs are gonna be in the title conversation. You mean Tottenham Hotspur? I'm in that Tottenham. You mean to- the same Tottenham? Yes. The very same. Who fired I Pochettino? Them, I could see them kind of like a few years ago where Man United finished in second when Mourinho was there and they kind of hung around. I could honestly see them. So so by by extension, do you think someone is going to run away with it this year? No, I I, I, I don't think so. I and, I and I honestly think Liverpool could win the league, but and I could be wrong, but I, I, they could win the league with 86, 88, 90 points, 92. It could be one of those years. There's there's so much competition, and teams are going to beat each other up, you know. 
yeah, it, it could be, but I don't I don't anticipate a, a repeat title for Liverpool. Um, that said, I am very excited to see when Thiago is able when he's healthy again after contracting COVID. Of course, always given the time we live in, you want to wish the very best for everyone who contracts this disease because you don't want it on anyone. I mean, just to give one example, Eduardo Rodriguez of the Boston Red Sox because he had COVID, ended up with the same heart condition that my dad has. It's an autoimmune heart disease. Wow. Autoimmune heart condition that can be caused Mm -hmm. by COVID. So I just want to caution everyone out there who may wish otherwise for certain people. Yeah. Uh, This thing is not a joke. Take it seriously, please. Yeah. So we can get back to our lives and so we can go to sports games again. Yeah. Uh, Not just in places in the U.S. where they don't really care about masks or social distancing. But so in earnest, all of us can get back to because to I want to go to the Dodgers game again. Dodgers games are fun. I want to go to a Lakers yep. game at some point and pay an arm and a leg to get to get a ticket. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But uh, anyways, let's let's move on to hot. Ta- uh, wait, sorry. Uh, Premier League before we sure. get too far into this. Um, did you have any any last thoughts before we go to hot takes? Hmm. I will say that. Um, I okay. Well, let me ask you this: Is Pep's project finished? Yes. Or or is is this just a little slump? And now that they have Ruben Diaz, they're going to be no very good. Because two years ago it was oh imagine just wait until we get Laporte, or oh imagine when Laporte comes back, or oh now that we have Rodri, we're going to win. It's not. It's it it, it you kind of get the sense that. The, the pep effect is starting to wear off a little bit. Okay. And, of course, this is probably me talking for, as a Liverpool fan about our next closest competitor for the title. But I do genuinely think that some of the body mm-hmm. language we saw from a lot of the players, mm-hmm. and yes, they were missing Bernardo Silva for the beginning of the season. Aguero is still out. Uh, who else are they missing? Jesus, I think, is still out. Mm-hmm. They're missing players, so I'll concede that. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, the body language from City's last game against Leeds did not look good. And that can be a telltale sign of when it's time for a manager to leave or when he is done with his product or his uh, yeah. project. So, yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll see. We'll watch it, obviously. If they can, you know, after the international break, ring up, you know, rattle off five, six, seven wins in a row. And sure, you know, projects, mm-hmm. quote unquote, back on, nothing to worry about. It's just a blip on the radar. But if we do see another city result where late in the game, they're pushing for an equalizer because they conceded early off a mistake and they don't get it and the body language is still negative, you kind of have to wonder, like, what what's going on here? Yeah, man. It's um, And I just, I just want to say, they were at their height one of maybe the greatest Premier League team we've ever seen. So if this is it, then then uh, that's something to, to pay attention to. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, for sure. Yeah. All right. Anything well, more you want to say? No, I think we're done with Premier League. It's, it's, it'll be good to not have to think about Liverpool losing 7-2 to two at yeah. Aston Villa for, for another yeah. week. It'll be good to not have to think yeah. about it. And just focus okay. on baseball, which Braves are playing for a National League pennant for the first time in 19 years. So here yeah. goes nothing, I guess. Okay. Yeah. All right. What for do you got sure. for us? All right. 
I'll let's let's rotate today. Like I'll say one, and then you say one. All right, all right, all right. So my postseason, I mean, sorry, my my theme with my hot takes today is based on postseason performance and players that have a chance to affect their legacies. Mm-hmm. Some of them who are really good legacies and they can make it better. Some of them who not. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to start off. I got a few. So I'm going to start off with a player that has a chance to save his postseason legacy this mm-hmm. year. Yep. And I want you to guess who it is on. Clayton it's a Kershaw. baseball player. And it's not Clayton Kershaw. Oh, okay. It is not Clayton Kershaw. Um, and, you know, if he had played for big market teams his whole life, I mean, you can maybe guess who I'm talking about, but this is a player... Kevin Similar Kiermaier? to Clayton Kershaw, not Kevin Kiermaier. Good, yeah, not a good, good, good choice. What do you got for us? Okay, Zach Greinke. Zach Greinke. Zach Greinke. Okay. Listen, you know, now I'll give to to his credit. He pitched. I look. Okay, I don't know if I told you this. I was in an Astros bar for Game 7 of the World Series last year in New York City. I went mm-hmm. to an Astros bar. Zach Greinke, and, you know, as someone who just loves the competition in the sports, and knowing his postseason history, he his postseason ERA is actually very similar to Clayton Kershaw. It's not that different. Um, and he's been just like Clayton Kershaw, um, except for the early Kansas City teams. For a lot of his career, he's been right in the thick of the postseason. Um I was thinking he has a chance to redeem himself. And like I said, when you win, um, all everything is erased to mm-hmm. me. Or all of it was worth it. You don't got to say, yep. you know, sorry to anyone as Brian Winters said. Yep. But, but things got away from him. He gave up the home run to Rendon. He allowed Soto to get on base. And I understand that the bullpen blew it, but, but – but Grinky, they, he, that was his chance to cement himself in greatness, and he didn't do it. And Owen, he has. There is a huge. It's almost like a, almost a two-point ERA difference between postseason and regular season. And thus far in the postseason, he hasn't been great. So, you know, I, I'm just going to say that I think he, he is a pitcher who. You know, maybe because of his personality, he's kind of a quiet guy, and maybe because mm-hmm. he played in Kansas City through his career, he doesn't maybe get the attention. But, um, you know, I think he can really cement himself as one of the all-time greats if he were if the Astros were to win and he's their best pitcher. Yeah, no, I I I can see that, and that's that's not out of out of nowhere. I don't think just because you saw what was it 2015 as well when he was with the Dodgers and. The yep. the series against the Mets where he was just yeah he just wasn't good enough yep and they they really needed that and yes it is an asterisk asterisk spar because we have to put a big asterisk next to 2017 and the Dodgers are going to of course feel cheated from you know cheated out of winning that World Series in 2017 but um, Willie if you're done with that take I want to I want to deliver mine. Which, sure, I, I got a, I got a few, but you go, you go, you give yours next. We'll rotate. Okay, so we'll, we'll, we'll go. Uh, yeah. Every other, 
for these okay. takes. So, yeah. Mookie Betts. Okay. Signed for what? $350 million in the offseason? Uh, 12 years, 350. Not quite, I think. But 12 it was, years, it was something close. like 12 years, 330 or 11, 330, something, something stupid. Mm-hmm. You know, by us normal people standards. Um, so, so that number is actually going to be a bargain. Mm-hmm. Not wow. only by the end of, not only by the end of his career, sure. but by the end of this okay. month. So, but let me let me because, tell you. Let me. Okay, go ahead. Oh go no, ahead. I was just going to add because we're not just going to be calling him Mookie Betts. We're going to be calling him World Series MVP Mookie Betts. And by the end of his career, it'll be multi World Series MVP Mookie Betts. Mm-hmm. He's wow. he's the best player on that team by far. He's the best player in the postseason right now. So let me let me ask he's you Mookie a Betts. question. Go to baseball. So okay, so here's a really interesting. Um, here's a really interesting thing. I know this is a high standard, right? But. Um, so, look, Mookie Betts was never able to be David Ortiz just because his postseason performance wasn't that great all the time. His numbers weren't, his numbers weren't that great. Um, and so he's having a very good postseason so far. But I know this is extremely harsh, but will he have lived up to the contract or even be a disappointment? If in the late rounds of the postseason he can't do it, and the Dodgers don't break through, because or ultimately for this year this specifically team, or in general, in general, because ultimately this team doesn't need Mookie Betts to go there right now. They might, but they might need him to get. To, don't get me wrong; he's been incredible for them. But the Dodgers have been a consistent fixture this deep in the playoffs. Mm. That's that's true, and I'll concede that. But a lot of chatter in the off season, of course, after the COVID suspension back in March, a lot of the chatter was, "Is there going to be a team that wins forty games?" The Dodgers won forty three games, mm-hmm. and who who led off for the Dodgers and set the table for them offensively and played Gold Glove defense? Yeah. Oh, he's incredible. Mookie Betts, incredible season. Could have won an He's done that. Every single year, he's been a full-time starter in, in right field. But, like you said, unfortunately, fans care about the postseason, right? They he's do. been incredible, and he's been incredible this postseason so mm-hmm. far. But And, and, and I do want to give you an, an example of why I think he's going to come good in the postseason and end up being a bargain for the Dodgers. Okay. So, we all know about the trade mm-hmm. in, uh, in the offseason that brought Mookie Betts mm-hmm. and uh, another, another player to the Dodgers. By the name of David Price, who okay. also had a reputation for being elite in the regular season and subpar in the postseason. And this also happens to be the same David Price who, in 2018, delivered one of the most masterful performances by any pitcher in any postseason sure. in all those different scenarios. Not just yeah. as a starter, but as a reliever, too, as a super reliever. Yeah. And that goes back to 2017 as well when the Red Sox used him in that super reliever role. Mm-hmm. So, if there's anyone who could also come good, like David Price did, it's Mookie Betts. Now, I get it; he's not a pitcher, and it's it's a different kind of mechanic. And you're you know, obviously, Mookie Betts is going to get way more plate appearances than Price is going to get starts. 
or you know whatever the relevant comparison you want to make is. But at the end of the day, this is a guy who is a 30-30 threat every single year. A gold glove center fielder, a gold glove right fielder, or well, actually yeah. he should be a gold glove center fielder who plays in right field, which gives mm-hmm. that much more flexibility to any team. Adding on to the fact that he came up as a second baseman. So he inherently has an ability to play second base. Yeah, he takes, you know what they said? He takes some um, ground balls there every day. Mm-hmm. He takes ground he's, balls there. The work ethic, the drive, and the performance that he's already put in. He's he's the guy. He's the guy for the Dodgers. It's not Cody Bellinger. It's not Corey Seager. It's not Austin, It's not Will Smith. It's not Dustin May. It's not Ju- Justin Turner. Sure. It, it's Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts is the guy. Sure. He's the guy every team wants. And oh, he is. Can have. He's their best player. I don't think he's the most key for the team, but I think he's their best player, without a doubt. He's been absolutely incredible in the field uh, and at the plate. And at the plate. That's fair. I mean, he's, it's, it's, it's hard for us to play the, the what would happen otherwise game, but it is what Are it you going to change your stance on Cody Bellinger after his postseason performance in this series? A, a little bit. I do have his, to give some props he, to Cody Bellinger. He hit a home run and robbed him. He run. hit a home run and robbed one in the same game. Um, That's crazy. It was, he didn't take a good route, but to recover like that and make that catch was stupid good. Uh, I still... Yeah. <laughs> One of the greatest. You know, pitches. only only I could find ways to nitpick this, really. But I I still don't think he has the you know he has he has a strong arm. I'll give him that. But he is not he doesn't really have an accurate arm in the outfield, and so that's the one thing that I mean he could he could prove me wrong again this postseason, and I'll eat my words again. But I'm not afraid I'm not afraid to do that because if there's anyone in sports media who has eaten their words more than me, it's names <laughs> who should be eating his na- his words more than me. It's um, Skip Bayless. So, but that's neither here nor there. Um, okay. It's all right, bro. It's all right. What was bro. your, what's your next bro. take, Willie? what do you got for us? All right. For, all right. Uh, so uh, I got a few, on two I, got hours a few. Now. I got a few here. What do you got? All right. So this is not a, um, this is not a, um, I don't want to say necessarily controversial take, but where I'm going to take it is going to be controversial. So this player, a lot of people think is overrated. Mm-hmm. But I'm is going to go to far, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying I could be anywhere as good a baseball player as this person is. but <laughs> Or you could. But I'm just go, going to go as far as to say that he didn't live up to expectations. All right. If this trajectory continues. What do you got for us? Can you tell me who who I'm talking about? Hmm. Corey Seager? No. Corey Seager's been great this year. He's been really good. Who do you got for us? Bryce Harper. (laughs) I don't know why that makes me so happy, but it does. Look, Bryce Harper had a couple of incredible years. But ever since then, his play has fallen off. And, like, first of all, he's not a great fielder. And so when his hitting slumps, you know, he was hitting, like, over 300, way up above 300 in his peak years. He's now down, like, 260-ish. Mm-hmm. Still with a lot of power. Yeah. 
Um, so when it when his batting slumps, he he's not as good a player. You know, I know his WAR last year was only one point six, which is not very good. Um, and I would say that, um, given his inconsistency, and I guess compared to some of the great players, the lack of peak years he's been able to sustain that high level of play. Relative and with the expectations, I mean, I remember his MLB debut at Dodger Stadium. Um, I would almost, if if he never gets up to that MVP level again, I would almost consider his career a disappointment for him, for his standard, not for the average MLB player. Yeah, no, I mean, because he set a really high standard and he has been in the national conversation for a yes. long time. So you could kind of forgive him in that sense, but I do, I do get where you're coming from, and I do, I do like that take. Partially because I don't like the Phillies, but that's be, that's part and parcel of being a Braves fan. You can't like any other team in the division. Mm-hmm. It's just the DNA of, of being a Braves mm-hmm. fan. Like, this is our division back off. At least mm-hmm. it has been since the 90s. Uh, mm-hmm. The Phillies obviously were good in the 80s. Uh, mm-hmm. The Mets were good in the 80s. But yeah. we're talking about right now, and right now, this is the Braves division. I don't care if the Nats won the World Series last year. They were flashing the pan. They just were. They had some kind of voodoo, some kind of magic luck. They're they're not a, they're not elite team. The Braves are still the class of the NL East. Period. <laughs> I will I will die on this hill. Wow. Okay. Pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What yeah. else you got for us? Sure. All right. You go. We, we can rotate. Uh, I mean, I don't really have anything left besides that. Uh, oh, okay. It, it was it was kind of right. one I came up with on the spot too because I was I was thinking like I don't I don't really have anything that I haven't discussed uh, and most of it has been mm-hmm. Atlanta related. Um, All right. Cool. All I right. Mean, I got. I mean. Go ahead. It's not really. It's like a prayer almost, but the um, Atlanta Falcons are never going to win a Super Bowl in my lifetime. Wow! So you're going to go? I said the Indians, and now you're going to say the Atlanta. Throw the Falcons in that mix too. If if they couldn't get it after being up 25 in the second half against the New England Patriots, Mm. it's not possible. Franchise is cursed. Oh, but if the Braves can win one in my lifetime. Well, I guess technically another what one. What do you think Matt ago. Ryan's legacy will be? Stat Ryan. Stat Ryan. Statistically, good quarterback. When it really matters. Mm-hmm. Subpar. Wow. Sorry. I'm not going to okay. apologize. When So Monday night when we play the Packers. And yes, the Packers are one of the best teams in the NFL. But for Matt Ryan to not be able to drive his team down the field with mm-hmm. the weapons... He has at his disposal and the experience he has being a starting quarterback in the NFL mm-hmm. to throw it so far behind a receiver mm-hmm. in that situation again mm-hmm. ever since the Super Bowl he has been garbage statistically mm-hmm. amazing statistically very good but all that comes in garbage time and yes it's not his fault but He's not the one to drive the team down the field like Pat sure. Mahomes or Tom no, Brady not. or Drew Brees yeah. or Russell Wilson or any elite yeah. quarterback. Mm. I mean, sure, I'm sure there's Lamar Jackson. There's other quarterbacks I missed, but he's not mm-hmm. the guy to drive his team down the field and lead this te- lead his team to wins anymore. He's not. Mm-hmm. With the Super Bowl, he hasn't been that same player, and he will not yeah. be that same player. And honestly, a big part of me hopes we go 0 16 so we can draft Trevor Lawrence. Oh, I would rather have Trevor Lawrence wow. than Justin Fields. You're not going to beat the uh, Jets and the Giants. <laughs> to that, watch me. 
Okay, bro. Okay. I mean, they wouldn't. They would if Dimitrov keeps his job. They're not going to draft a quarterback anyway. They're going to draft like an offensive lineman who's going to tear his ACL on the first <laughs> first day of training camp. Given the way Atlanta sports have have gone over the last wow since the Super Bowl. Okay, bro. That's a you could, can well, you, you understand what? my pessimism though? Like, there's a reason that I'm so pessimistic about all of our sports teams because it's just like there's yeah. no point. I understand it, bro, but you know you gotta take some of the look a little bit more on the glass half full approach. <laughs> I mean, that's it's that's ironic because that's actually how I live most of my, my life most of the time. It's yeah, usually you do. Gla- glass half. You full. are a glass half full guy. I'm a usually glass half full kind of guy, just not when it comes to Atlanta sports. Not when it comes to Atlanta sports. Uh, anyways, that's right. Um, yeah, Falcons not winning one in my lifetime. Willie, what do you got? That's a big one. Okay, I got one more. I got one more. All right. And it's not necessarily controversial, but it is a big topic. Mm-hmm. So when we're talking about the, and actually it's interesting, you were talking about the GOAT debate, MJ versus mm-hmm. LeBron. Yeah. And um, it's really interesting because when you, when you talk about it, you know, a lot of people that are on the Jordan side just believe that, you know, based on the eye test, he was just a better player at his peak, and he had a higher PR and stuff. And then you look at, you know, his finals performance, right, in, in the six for six, and not never getting some, letting someone, you know, get past six games, like his killer will and tenacity for the big moment. And who knows what's going to happen? It's not a guarantee that he could come back. Uh, but you know, I do think that the Lakers going to win a title. And so the point is that. To the Jordan people, there's no amount of statistical numbers that LeBron could continue to achieve and career accomplishments that could surpass Jordan. But if there is a conversation, depending on where people fall, LeBron, and it's because I do think the Lakers are going to win, LeBron James, for the rest of his life, should pay for everything that, that this one guy did because as LeBron is my favorite athlete. I've watched so many of his games. Like I've never watched any player or team more than I have LeBron ever since he was in high school and, and in the professional ranks. Contavious Caldwell-Pope saved his legacy because I will admit, as the biggest LeBron fan I am, you know, LeBron James had one of the you know biggest collapses, and I'll call it a choke, even though his numbers were not bad for... At all, his numbers were actually very good in the series in 2011 against Dallas. His numbers in four, five, six, in games four, five, and six, he saw a deer in the headlights. And compared to LeBron, that was not the way he wanted to do. And this was a series where, for the first time, the second time ever, he was the favorite. And I think that was the big swing game. And there's a real chance that they would lose the series. And if KCP. And that's where you're talking about these role players, right, where they come up. You know, KCP saved LeBron's legacy more than Ray Allen saved his legacy. If the Lakers lost to the Miami Heat, who were 75-1, to coming in, who had two players, two of their best players injured, um, even though one of them was playing yesterday, and who are widely undermatched. I believe that in a lot of people's eyes, it would have ended the GOAT debate in favor of Jordan. And I think that now, even though I you know, love LeBron, I think that it could potentially turn 
some people's opinions, but not without, you know, a role player hitting in what he called the most important, one of the most important games of his career, five huge points to give them the win, three from the corner and a layup. Just want to say. Yeah, no, I I remember watching That's that game. It. I was like, this yeah. KCP is the one guy on the team who came Shout out big. to the Bulldogs. Shout out to the Bulldogs. Yeah, UGA product. Yeah, uh, from a team that supposedly has yeah. no basketball program. And on that's that's the great thing about sports though, bro, is when guys come up with big moments, right? Like you will these guys will ever role players will be ever forever be remembered for one moment, right? Like, you know, David Freeze, game six. Yep. You know, World Series, like et cetera, you know, role players, like for those singular moments. And and he br- brought it when LeBron show remnants of 2111 Dallas in the first half of that game. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I will not I'm not going to dispute that. The KCP scored yeah. those big buckets at the end of the game. Um he did. The thing that I have been falling back on lately and mm. you know, because when I was when I was a little younger, a lot of the time what I would fall back on is this whole like you know, this call of this one instance changed the entire game. Um that's yep. that's true, and I do subscribe to that in some capacity. On the other hand, every competition, uh, every uh, in any yep. sport, any sport whatsoever, what everyone can think of, in every situation, both teams have the same number of opportunities to finish the objective of the game. True. Both teams have 48 minutes yeah. in basketball. Both teams have 90 minutes plus in soccer. Both teams have nine innings mm-hmm. to scoreboard mm-hmm. their opponent. Mm-hmm. So you can blame certain instances, yes, but you kind of have to look at it holistically. And for me, it's one of those things where I get in big moments, you know, that's what the situation required. And so that's what was given. But why did it get to that situation in the first place? Is it hmm. because of one player or is it because of the team? And LeBron James is not a fi- is not five people. He's one person. So, right. you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to under, undermine your take no. completely, but I, I do, I do yeah. support what you believe. I do, I do accept that for sure. But I do want to take, do want this to be more of a holistic view of, Okay, yeah. that's what it was, sure. But how did it get there in the first place? And is it sure. because of LeBron that it got there? No, not necessarily. But, but, I, but I will say, though, that, I mean, to be fair, I mean, I agree with you because LeBron has such an impact on winning, but um, he had a really bad first half in that game. No, he did, yeah. He and, turned the ball over way too much. And, yeah, and um, if... You know, it's like it's one thing, right? If it's that specific game, right? And and look, even though LeBron had a good second half, technically, I mean, I, I he just didn't quite look right to me. And so, to, to me, it's almost like that. And after coming off a poor game three, like that game specifically, like if it would have been a different, right? If LeBron played really well and they. They came up short, but he also happened to struggle that game. So, you know, that would have been a really bad look. Yeah. You know? No, I, I... Look, he, look, 
he's a, he was a minus two in plus minus. I, there's not many times ever where LeBron James. And I'm not saying that you can completely trust it, but in that case, I think it tells a story because he's way up there usually. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's it's one of those cases. I think you also and you know I don't want to ramble too much on this because we've been doing this for almost two hours. I don't know yeah. what the total length of the podcast is going to end up being, but you have to consider the fact that when you have greatness on the level of Clayton Kershaw, LeBron James, yeah. Messi, Ronaldo, Mike Trout, what happens to them is that they get measured by the ridiculous standards mm. that they create, not the ones that yeah. we look at everyone else through. Sure. And so to your point, yes, LeBron's wasn't great in game three, wasn't great in the first half of game four either. But yeah. are we talking about great for his standards or great for general? Yeah, for, for his standards. But yeah, I think and that's the thing because he's... If we're, if we're comparing him to MJ, we have to hold him to a very high standard. Right, that's true. But has he pushed the standard for himself higher than MJ's ever were? Because he's had to do more with worse teams. I agree, yeah. Those Cleveland Cavs teams, Willie, you know better than anyone. They were awful yeah. before LeBron, and they were awful after I watched LeBron. Almost every game, play, yeah. yeah. The yeah. Bulls did the Bulls go to the finals without Scottie Pippen and Dennis Rodman? No, they didn't. No, no they, they didn't. didn't. Michael did not drag that team to the NBA Finals, and that was before the expansion teams. It's true. So I just want to remind people who are like hardcore Jordan this debate: like, hang on a minute, hang on, hang on. Let's look at the quality yeah. of the league first. Let's look at the teams that Jordan had around him. It's not just one player. When you look at the yeah. the when you when you look at a team sport yeah. and you look at team results and team yeah. statistics, you can't use team statistics to qualify an individual's greatness because it's a team sure. sport. The people yeah. you have around you. Right, and, th- and that's where I think, though, it's, it's, it's hard. I completely agree, but it's, it's just, you know, there's just, for whatever reason in basketball, there's this obsession with, in the fourth quarter, can when your team quote unquote needs it the most, can you do even more? Even if in, you know, the first three quarters you were great, or, you know, can you make the last shot, quote unquote? Mm. And I think that's where like, what's really interesting to me though, and when in 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 debate right, which is that, LeBron actually has, very good, numbers like late in games. In the postseason. Mm-hmm. But I will say, in watching billions of LeBron games, he does try to make the right play. He does pass the ball late in games a lot. And there is a question, and he'll, we'll never find out, but is that because he wants to make the right play, or is that because he's not confident in his ability to make shots from the foul line or, or to make those jumpers? He has a lot of those moments, but he passes a lot too. So yeah. that that's an interesting uh, thought. I mean, the thing is, you and you know, you probably know this again, Bev. And Ed, like I said, like I anyone. said, remember, remember, he pointed to Kyrie mm-hmm. and said, "Ty Lue, you give him the ball." Mm-hmm. So, you know, there you go, right there. I mean, w- Willie, not to you know drag on this point longer because I know both of us yeah. need to get out of here. You know this better than anyone. LeBron's mm. basketball IQ is off the charts. It is off the charts. You yeah. hear him talk about the game, and then analysts just kind of look at him, talk about it, and yeah. go, wow, I, would, I didn't think of it that way. So in some cases, 
Yeah. I would say it's not because it he doesn't want to take the shot. It's just because he doesn't think it's the highest probability to get the win. And whether or not and that's, that's down to his uh, ability is a question mark and one that we'll never have the answer to. That's but right. We do know for a fact that he's very intelligent on oh, the yeah. court in his decision making. He's a savant, yeah. He's probably the in that regard probably the greatest. Yep. Especially right. for for a small four a uh, small four, six nine small forward. Six mm-hmm. nine two six six nine two fifty, however big he is. But mm-hmm. anyways. Yeah. That's that's more reason to to keep watching the finals, and that's why I'm I'm yeah. you know the finals have turned into which team can play can beat LeBron. That's what it's turned yeah. into. Pretty and much. It's the Heat's turn now, and they don't. Who's have... gonna play longer, uh, uh, Brady or or LeBron? Probably Brady. Wow, really? He's already forty three. <laughs> well, I mean, he'll have a longer career. Like, oh, who's wise. gonna play more years starting today? Oh, LeBron. So? Yeah, I think LeBron's got at least three good years left in him. Three like superstar Brady, level years. Brady could play three more years. Brady's gonna get hit so much more in Tampa Bay than he is gonna hit than he ever did in New England. New England, and yeah. He's gonna feel it at the end of the season, especially when Deion Jones and Keanu Neal come rushing for that ass. That, that when the Falcons very, play the Bucks, that could very well be the case. Bro. Deion Jones is coming for that ass. <laughs> Keanu Neal is coming for that it ass. Could, bro. It could. Ah. Uh, Yep. But, you know, the Falcons are going to inevitably choke that game anyway, so who cares? It doesn't matter. <laughs> what a fitting way to end this episode. Or to I hope not. Get to the end of this episode. Uh, any more hot takes for us before we get out of here? It is uh, uh, that's, that's just, all past, I got. just past midnight on the West Coast. We started recording this at like 9.30. I mean, we, you and I have been on this call for almost three hours. Just yeah, shooting the shit and whatnot. It. But yep. anyways, folks, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, we're going to wrap it up just about here. Uh Big thank you to Harrison again for coming on the show. Harrison and I, of course, go back way too long, like 20 plus years. Um, you know, you guys knew each other in college as well. So it's good to have the three yeah. of us get together sure. and figure out why it is Atlanta can't have nice things. Um, as Atlanta fans, we can't have nice things when it comes to when it comes to sports. So <laughs> any parting thoughts for you out here, Willie? No, that's it. All right, that sounds good. Well, folks, thanks for tuning in. This has been Hot Takes Only, episode 22, featuring our first ever guest that either I'm not related to or doesn't live with someone I'm related to. So figure that one out, folks. Uh, But we'll be right back here next weekend, same time, same place, breaking down more of the baseball playoffs. We'll preview, uh, not this weekend, but next weekend's uh, Premier League fixtures. And because next week is what it is, we have a very special college football game to preview so we're even talking talking for college football. We'll let you figure out which game that is uh, as we get closer to to time next week. Yeah. All right. Well, so for for Willie, thanks for joining me as always. This has been Hot Takes Only. I'm Owen. He's Willie. We'll see you next time.